No Cartridge Audio. My name is Trevor Strunk, and with me, as always, uh, it seems, well, periodically, <laughs> periodically. That sounded resentful. No, I know it did. It's, it was meant to sound momentous, but I messed it up. Uh, <laughs> the guy who um, won't fucking leave me alone. God. Uh, no, it's Alex Deegan. He's back. Hey, man, how's it going? Hey, guys. Back, back on the cartridge. Back with Wonderful. no cartridge. Perfect, perfect. Um, so wait, let me let me start it off by asking you. Tell mm. me about your new podcast. Oh, um, well, yeah, I'll get to that. But I also wanted what? to an- <laughs> announce that I am becoming a VTuber. Is that true? No. But oh. <laughs> wouldn't it be cool? <laughs> I, no, honestly, would, like I could, you you could draw the art for it. It would be it would be pretty oh, interesting yeah, to see your think- art in like. Oh, see, that's more creative. I was just picturing, wouldn't it be funny if for no reason it was just like an anime child with my voice? Oh, being, yeah. No, that would also be very games. funny. I'm I not. Think, yeah. I, I don't know. Let's not throw this idea out right now. I think this is like, I think this is probably uh, something that could really have some a future. I'd be speaking um, Japanese, though, because I think if a VTuber speaks English, it's uh, cultural appropriation and is as bad as colonialism. It's not cultural appropriation <laughs> for a white person to to speak Japanese and, and like no, pretend that they do. No, but for a VTuber yeah. to speak English, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Shit is complicated. It's 2022. I had a I, – I forget what I was thinking about. Oh, yeah. I was thinking about getting really good at making um, omaris, like just trying to be like really good at making omaris. And like I realized I was, the thought crossed my mind. I was like – is that cultural appropriation? Wait, you mean like, like, like omelet rice? Yeah. Yeah, that's... I was like, that's, no, that's the stupidest idea I've ever had. Not the I, idea of making omelet rice. I think that would be a good idea. But the yeah. idea of it being cultural appropriation. <laughs> I was like, where's my, like, what happened to my brain recently? People like, got real got buck, like a soup. People got real buck wild with that in like the sort of indie comics community like maybe five or six years ago that... There was a, there was a group of people in the ascendancy who were really feeling themselves, and it got to the point where someone was like, "I don't want to see any language in your work if it's not from your country of origin." And people had to be like, "There are people who speak multiple languages, and there are people who, who are raised in bilingual households." Like, they were talking about in comics, and it was like, "Huh." I like <laughs> when I like when things get so extreme on Twitter. Um, that like uh, you know you eventually just get someone who uh who gets so like intense about taking the theory to and i won't say woke because like that's that's no it's, it's not disingen- even the- it's like they're trying to do they're trying to like they're trying to to do you know the theory to its to its ultimate end they're trying to like be as thoughtful and kind as possible but like someone will take it too far and like say like you know accidentally recreate anti-miscegenation laws. <laughs> yeah, that like, always happens. But that's yeah. but that's the thing when you're talking in the terms of like rules and not mm. any actual things based on anybody's experience and it's just kind of like and you know how the internet works that it's always like a quest to like what up somebody so you shit just gets more and more extreme as you go. So when you have rules that are super extreme to begin with, you can always just be like actually, you know. But anyway, yeah. what yeah. what Trevor was saying is I have a new podcast that's me and Sean McTiernan, also also a fr- friend of the show. Guesting on No Cartridge, yes, and, and many other things as well. And uh, it's called Self-Pity, and uh, it's just like extemporaneous conversation, like most 
podcast, but it's heavily edited. <laughs> I, oh, is, is, I always thought it was just the extemporaneous. I thought I didn't think it was that heavily edited, but that's it's that's super, the magic it's of editing. Super I heavily edited so that like most lots of times the context is fully missing. But uh, mm. that's a. Uh, that's I didn't good. even realize. I but, well, I'm just used to podcasts, I guess. <laughs> like, I, I think, like, I feel like you two have done something in in this podcast that is uh, that has been like desired, like long desired in podcasting, which is uh, just removing the idea of like having a a concept and just like making it the discussion. Like, I, I feel like, like this is why why Come Town has become really popular is because someone was just like. At one point, they were just like, let's just all just like, it's like we're just hanging out. It could be the dumbest stuff in the world. It doesn't matter. And like, you but know. That's funny because I feel like I could go either way with podcasts. Like, mm. there are ones where like shit is like, and now we move on to the second segment, which is blah, blah, blah. And then there's other times where it's just like, you know, I don't know. I was listening to a podcast years and years ago that I had to stop listening to because like, two older guys and at one point they were having a conversation that went on for 20 minutes about like where they put their keys when they come home so they don't lose them and i was like i remember i was like on the subway and it was like 2 a.m and i was just looking at and being like why am i I listening like if i was in the room with this conversation and it went on past like three minutes i'd start making fun of them like I'm listening to strangers having this fucking conversation yeah no it's like it, it is like God, uh, no, you're right. Like it, it's this sense of like, um, it's like I've been watching these, uh, not true crime. I mean, there are true crime elements to them, but like, it's more like, um, I've been watching, uh, these videos about like, you know, weird websites on the internet, uh, or on the internet or like, you know, strangest Reddit posts or, you know, whatever. Um, but like, you know, they were interesting for a while and like, it's just, to, it's to, it's literally just to keep my mind active while I do my work because my work is like copywriting and it doesn't engage my mind at all. So I get like tired or bored or whatever. And so like, if I have something going on in the background, all the better. Um, but I, I think I'm going to have to stop watching it. Cause like a lot of them are like, like <laughs> watch this one today where they were like, you know, what is this thing? It's like, it's this, it may be the most dangerous site uh, you know, like on the internet, the dangerous rabbit hole on the internet. And it's just, it's this thing called like, what is it? Like the LinkedIn. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's like the, the, the Holy church, the whole, the church of like the, the Holy moose orifice or something. It was like, it's, 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 you know, it's L O H O Q Q. Yeah. 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 L yeah. Whatever. But like, it doesn't matter. It's, clearly clearly a bunch of sort of like goofy abstract modern artist video like video artists got together and just like threw a bunch of stuff up on a web page and linked it together a bunch of times and like literally like they're just like they're like the sister site has these strange articles and they're clearly just like goofy plays on like you know making existential sort of ontology out of scientific white papers and they made like fake LinkedIn's and stuff, and he's like, "What is this? How deep does the rabbit hole go?" That's <laughs> like that's this what's is so, so incredulous. I can't I can't handle it. This yeah, those is so stupid. Those YouTubes that are like like the most disturbing secrets and blah blah blah, and you look it up, <laughs> yeah. and it's like that was like a post that somebody did on the internet twenty years ago, and now somebody on YouTube is just like 
did you know that the video game Earthbound is about abortion? And you're like, no, no, <laughs> it, but it it's isn't. Not. It yeah. isn't. But some dude said that in like 1999 on some forum somewhere, and that stuck around. And now there's somebody with like two first names and a weird hairstyle talking into a webcam about it, like. And and you know it's like it's it's either that I feel like these these conversations either end up being that like no that's not it's just like someone's opinion and you've like said it as if it's the truth or something where it's like you've completely missed the point or the most like depressing thing in the world like one of the most disturbing Reddit posts I saw was these people asked like this person asked what's it like living with a terminal illness and a bunch of people were like I don't know like sometimes I don't like getting out of bed in the morning or like it's a lot like. I just kind of have to be content with my life as it is. And he's like, the truly disturbing part is this post was written six years ago. So all these people oh, are God. dead. It's not Yo, disturbing. That's like that's just not what happens. Disturbing. That's also sad and also weird that somebody's making it like, yeah, like cre- creepy pasta out of like this is guy is describing dude, having like, like stage five cancer. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that is scary, but you don't have to uh you don't have to put a fucking flashlight onto your face and tell it around a campfire. Like Well and it's it's that and then also it will be like because of YouTube's um because of YouTube's like sen- not censoring, but like they'll demonetize stuff. They like they like bleep out weird words like sex and like <laughs> Come on! Like something, something bad will happen. They'll be like, "Scenes too disturbing for me to go into here." That's so funny. Yeah, I don't remember. I was looking up something about a video game once on YouTube, and the word "razor blade" need to be needed to be said for the for the for the video game item or whatever. Mm -hmm. And the guy was like, "I'm gonna call it an Azer raid because you know I'll be demonetized." And I was sitting there like. Dude, I don't know what the fuck is going on in YouTube. Like, yeah, it's like it. It honestly is like it's both this sense of like being there and being like you know sincere or really a person <laughs> or something like that, married with like just this utter artifice. Well, that's like, th- dude. That's one of the fucking defining characteristics of of reality right now is that mm-hmm. both everybody is totally aware of the artifice and of performance but also being like i'm also being totally real at the same time and i think that leads to uh i don't know <laughs> some pretty 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 craziness going down like honestly i'm someone who talks about quitting twitter a lot but like <laughs> it is your bit i straight up have not really been looking at twitter much i i did a lot today because i was you know, procrastinating, but like, I don't know, man, the past few weeks, it's been hell. I've been trying not to look at it. I agree. It's like, it honestly, like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm not, I'm not the kind of person where, um, I don't know. Like, I'm not the kind of person where I say like, Oh, posting is, is pointless. Don't, you know, don't bother. Cause people need a place to get it out. Like, even if, you know, okay. Yeah. You posting a guillotine is like cringe or whatever, but like, <laughs> Oh, well, it, I mean, you can, you can, but like, but like with the, with Ukraine and with like yeah. everything with like, I, God, it's just like the amount of posting where people are like, let's post in solidarity or well, the, here's the a post to like, to, it's like, Oh God, the weirdest thing is this. I wonder like, you know, like, Maybe a decade ago, people would probably feel good about posting in solidarity. But right now, considering how we have a decade of 
posting on this one stupid fucking place we all hate, seeing that it doesn't really lead to much of anything. Right. People are now really mad at everybody <laughs> genuinely. Oh my god, yeah, everyone anything. hates each other. So it's just it's just this kind of like self-flagellation, self-hatred thing, but like, oh, what, you're going to talk about that? And it's kind of like, what are we doing here, man? Yeah. Like, like, everything is... And it's just the fact that, like, the news of uh, Texas setting up, like, the uh, fucking anti-trans oh, God, kid. Yeah, no. Gestapo happens the same day that Russia invades Ukraine, and they're just looking at, looking at Twitter and, like, something like four or five of, like, my friends, people I know, like, in real life who are my friends who I like, just went totally fucking, like, apocalypse mind, like, oblivion, just kind of, like, we're all gonna die in nuclear fire, and you know what? We fucking deserve it. And I'm just looking at it, like, all right, man. Like, <laughs> I, I, I gotta get out. Like, I saw someone who, like, I, I, I don't know if they live in North... I think they live in North America, but they were, like, nuclear war would be worth it if it wiped out America, and I was, like... It's such a weird thing to say if you live in America. Yeah, like I get like, it. Like we're we're an evil country, and like I'm with you, but like, but but I boy. also feel, that's also that that separation of just like you know, already for more than half a decade, the the worst fucking lib lizard people have got out the calibers to do like the evil Slav phrenology, and you know they were just they've just been going buck wild and just being like being like. Actually, if all of Russia was wiped off the map, the human race's general IQ would go up. And you're just like sitting there, like, stop fuck up, you Nazi asshole. Like, you know? yeah, no, <laughs> I exactly. Just, I just, the, the speed at which people were like, is nuclear war bad, actually? I just like all these weirdo pundits being like, these fucking baby, this weak generation of millennials with their participation trophies, they're afraid of a nuclear war? And it's like, what is going on here? So, like, for all of those reasons, for the last two weeks, other than just, like, making an abstract joke or DMing somebody, I wasn't looking at that shit because it yeah. it felt like the most toxic I'd ever seen it. And oh, I mean, honestly, just, it's it's caused Gren, uh, Gren Greenwald, <laughs> not on Twitter, and he yeah. can't, he can't. He's not Beetlejuice. He won't come. Uh, Glenn Greenwald. Um, it's caused him to like make a whole magazine. Like, like literally, he started a journal. Twitter was so bad this last week, and like Oof. not a good one. But like Slavoj Zizek's on the board, and it's going to be like all about what the what the liberal left doesn't want you to to hear. Oh, and, like hey, it's like man, man why finally? It, it finally, be, you made something. It, it was so bad for you that you made a journal. That's like. That's the kind of like uh, consistency and response that I expect from uh, from the the most like <laughs> the most like, people online <laughs> online brain. Yeah, so yeah. so it was just funny that 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 like I feel you know outside of just the general reporting on how shitty it is, it just feels like a basic limit of what is done there politically, even as like reaction, even as expression, seems so evident that like I'm not saying people shouldn't care about uh what's going on in the world, nor should they follow it, nor talk to their friends about it. But it's just kind of like, I think the like posting through it and posting about it thing has just led to people just like fucking the, the yeah. fact that that doesn't lead to anything has led to people absolutely just turning the fuck on each other and just going crazy, just like policing reactions to reactions, to reactions, to reactions. And it's like the craziest fucking snake bit. It was always a snake bit, but it's like snakier than I ever saw it before. Yeah. And it's, you know, it is, it is a sense of like, um, you know, I was talking to, I was talking to a friend of mine, uh, uh, 
Connor Southard, uh, who is not online anymore, but is is or not on Twitter anymore, but he's doing quite well. Um, I was talking to Connor, and he he sort of made the point like, like once you get off of Twitter, it, it it's funny how much you suddenly realize like, and I mean I wouldn't know this because <laughs> I haven't quit the site, but he he has. Uh, he said like you know it's funny how you notice like how much of a tempest in a teapot everything is like how much like that is just like a sliver of the world and in being there you give it such importance and not in the not in the like oh like get out of your twitter bubble like leftoids more just <laughs> like just like the 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 interpersonal squabbles and like self-mythologizing and stuff like it is all so much smaller and it's yeah. so hard to tell when you're when you're on there well it's funny i feel like it took a minute to beat that for me but like the thing about that the weirdest thing about that for me was like when i started making comics in america like my vision of what comics were was totally based off of people who seemed to be important in comics and the you know like the uh the metric of that was like you know their twitter presence for a while and then yeah. it took us it took a minute for me to be like oh actually none of this means anything this is like this is like being the mod of a forum about a thing. It's not actually doing a thing. You know what right. I mean? And no, like, exactly. Yeah. But, it, it, but the like, weirdest thing is now there's a, me, yeah. there's a new generation of people getting into comics that I am trying to tell them that because it's true. And it's, it's, hard, it's hard to convince them of that. And I understand why, especially during fucking COVID when everybody's inside. But like... You know, like, yeah, just being like, yeah, those people who talk about shit all day, they're not the people who do anything like you don't even have to give them mental real estate. And and the worst part is some of those people are just straight up fucking scammers because that's sure. what it's for. So it's also like and also don't work for them or do anything for them, you know, like, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it is like. I don't know. So like, you know, when we, when we end up talking about games on this, I think like part of what we end up, we're going to talk about Elden Ring. Um, just like, there's no reason to hide that. Um, Wait, you, you, probably, you probably saw the name about, of the podcast. We're going to talk about on. a certain ring. Yeah. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> it's, it's Lord of the Rings, the 1990, like six game on Super Nintendo. Stay, um, stay, stay tuned and you'll find out what ring we're going to talk about. <laughs> but like, you know, I, I think like when people get really into like people's reaction i guess i'll say to elden ring has in part been like it's a it's a tangible world that they can kind of like engage with and not have to deal with a lot of these questions where like there is i think like the the, the sort of like snake bit part about online and twitter and like these sort of like small spheres of influence is that you could acknowledge that they are minimal right um but they also like they have influence <laughs> like they, oh, they are really sure. do yeah. something um and so like as a result you can't like you can't completely ignore them as opposed to something like Elden ring where like you essentially can like it's a world that doesn't have like stakes in the real world outside of you know just personal pride or enjoyment yeah um yeah no i mean it's also funny that like i don't know it's just segue totally i was never I never played any of the From games really while they were happening and people were discovering them. I was I, I got to them very late, right? Like, mm-hmm. so it's cool to be talking to friends who are like playing the same shit that you're playing in the same discovery time that you are, and also like, you know, I actually 
I actually signed up for a free trial for the online shit for my PS4 so I could do... Uh, oh, sweet. Yeah, no, it's so fun. Things, things that would involve other people online, which I was not going to do. Because, like, you know, I don't want to give those people any more money. But, uh, <laughs> like... So that's been really fun, and now I understand that feeling of like everybody discovering a thing for the first time all together, which is really cool. And I mean, like, and also I was telling Trev before we started that I'm constantly using friend and member of the show, Andrew, as like <laughs> yeah. my as like my psychopomp who can explain to me they're a lot better at the game and farther than I am. That they could be like, oh, you just just do this you'll get this item there <laughs> and i'm just like right. how do i get down to the place where all the lava is i could see on the map and they're like i don't remember but i think like this they send me like a map with a line on it i'm like oh okay <laughs> oh that's <laughs> yeah. yeah it it is like it is i mean it's it is one of those games so like one of the i think like so let me ask you this because it's been something that's I won't, I won't say it's troubled me. That's a little strong, but like, it's something that, that, that has stuck with me, um, more than I, I think I, I expected it to, um, about Elden Ring is the, the nature of, um, the open world, right? Like if it's good, if it's bad, do I like it? Do I not like it? Um, cause I'm not, I'm not like a particular Elden, uh, Elden Ring, a particular, uh, open world lover. Like I'm see, not... I'm the exact same way. I I I am not. I mean, like, the funny thing is, like, open world is like a general concept. Mm-hmm. The people who perfected it and what they perfected, I absolutely fucking hated. Were like the Assassin's Creed type style, where you just had a map with a billion little different icons on it, and the odds are whatever you did or where you went, sometimes because the production qualities were so high, you'd be like, oh, look at that, but. You know, yeah. I was the last Assassin's Creed game I played, and I only played it for a little bit. Was the one that takes place in ancient Greece, and it's like after a while, you're like, oh, I just killed a bunch of dudes, and I got uh, one percentage of fire damage on a new sword, and just like after you do that two hundred times, you're like, okay, that's all that will be here, and like I guess the first time I ever played a video game that I really felt like the idea of an open world was like, I don't know, the first time I, before I even played Mario 64, I kind of imagined it was one contiguous world. Yeah. <laughs> it was no, semi-disappointed yeah. semi that you jump into, like, different, like, discrete places. But, like, I remember playing Shadow of the Colossus and being like, here is this gigantic open world with all these different biomes, and it's beautiful and interesting. But then after a while, there's kind of, like, nothing in it. Which is part of the contemplative nature of that game. And, yeah, no, for and sure. It, and the downtime definitely adds to what the encounters with the colossi in it feel like. But, well, yeah, and, and honestly, that like that is a it is a sense of like, okay, this is what um this is what the uh like I don't know, this is what the um the whole point of these games, like I forget the the company who made those. I should know that, but um, oh, uh, or the developer. Yeah. I guess it's like actually the developer that's sort of the key to it. But yeah. Shadow of the Colossus and Icho, and I think um, last Last Guardian, or I can't remember. Yeah, the one, the Last other one. Guardian was yeah, the, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, that's kind of the whole point. Where yeah. like, like, but at least at least that, unlike sort of the Far Cries and the uh, 
whatever's the mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed's when you're going to a place it feels like it's it's not an incremental level thing it's yeah. not and that's what i really like about uh about elden ring is because not only all of the places you go there are so many beautiful vistas and so many strange new things to see you know it it basically looks like depending where you are parts of it look like literal hell and parts of it look like <laughs> you know, a sort of post-apocalyptic version of heaven. Like, you yeah, know, like, like it's true. And, and it's, it's really interesting and really beautiful. And the amount of strangeness that they're willing to just throw into it so far, I'm only a couple of uh, maybe 10, 20 hours. I have no idea. Not very far into the game. Especially <laughs> how, far, not- how far are you into the game? Hour wise. That's the only way to tell. I have no idea. I'm playing on the PS4, and I oh, it doesn't tell you in your save file. I think it does it when you quit, but I can't remember. I don't think mm-hmm. it's. I don't think it's. I've been so fucking busy. If if I could, I'd be on like hour six hundred. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, saw mine today. I've also been really busy, and I'm at like hour twenty. I think. Yeah, and that's probably with like concerted about, effort. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm probably about there over the last three weeks or whatever. I feel but, like both of us are at like the first third of the game still. Well, I've beaten two of the major bosses. Who you beat? Uh, oh, no spoilers I, for Elden Ring if you're worried about hearing <laughs> the names of bosses. People everybody, really everybody, weird about this stuff. everybody who would be weird about that has probably beaten those bosses on like day I two. I would of hope playing so, it. yeah. I beat uh, Godric and I beat Ranala, the head of the academy. Okay. Uh, I've gotten to the third. I've gotten to a third boss that I cannot beat yet because he's a piece of shit. And <laughs> but that's so what what I think really works about the game and was really interesting is like I'm not the deepest Souls player. We've talked about this. I yeah. actually I actually played through all of Dark Souls two because you told me to, and you were correct. I'm glad that's, I'm glad that's my favorite one. And then I thought, oh, I should play Dark Souls three, and I thought it was really bad. <laughs> and then. Uh, <laughs> That's what a lot of people say. I've actually never beaten Dark Souls 3. I've played enough to write about it because I read about it in the book, but I, I never beat it. Like it, <laughs> but, it something about it doesn't, kill, doesn't jive well, with me as much. I, I can tell you what I like about Elden Ring, and I think it, it... So also, I think Bloodborne I would call my favorite, but I also okay. basically just watched a friend who had beaten it a million times play it from beginning to end as just a totally technical professional <laughs> just be like yep yep and then he was like yeah check this out here's the secret thing check this out this means blah blah, blah. And i was like i was like yeah that I should play this is the way to play this game but but that was i think that's after, true yeah after the, after that i played and beat dark souls 2 but what i was thinking was like dark souls 3 and sekiro in the same way feel much less expressive in how you play them than Dark Souls 2 and Elden Ring. I, that, I, I think they feel much more like prescriptive. And that's I mean, interesting. I don't. Sekiro is like, uh, of course, a totally different kind of game where it's not like you don't really define. You can change aspects of your character and how you play it, but you don't have the freedom of definition of what you're doing in it. And yeah. I, think, I think adding the open world to it even makes that freedom wider because like you hit your head up against a thing and you're like well fuck it i'm gonna go do something totally different and you can't you know what i mean it is i mean it's it's very interesting you say that because like i i feel like i feel like one of the the unspoken kind of inspirations in elden ring 
is um is uh, uh Sekiro. I think like I think Sekiro is like you know the 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 element of stealth, the fact that you can use the landscape in different ways. Like it really yeah. is kind of that moment in the souls in like a souls like where it's like okay you have to like consider this differently. Like you can't, you can't kind of go in like you were before. Like you could do stealth in souls games, but like no one did kind of, <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I, 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 I kind of did. <laughs> okay. It's funny because what I liked in a, the play style I was trying to have in dark souls three was to be like somebody who moved quick light and got around and just got in and got out. And I felt like the whole game was designed so you couldn't do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like whatever the weapon arts were called or whatever in that mm-hmm. game didn't seem to work that way. You know, I'm I'm not a proficient video game player. Like not so much cheesing shit, but just like figuring out how you can jump in and jump out real quick. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. and Sekiro, there were so many bosses there where you cannot. Like I I remember basically getting a pep talk from a friend of mine who was just like watching me play and was like, no, don't jump away. Just stay on this guy. Yeah. You have to. And I was like, damn, but that's not my place. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I guess like, I guess that was something that kind of appealed to me about, about Sekiro in the same way that it didn't appeal to me in dark souls three, which is like the prescriptiveness is something wherein you have to, you have to try something new, right? Like you have yeah, to, yeah. Like, you have to do I, something different. I mean, it makes sense in Sekiro because you're playing as one character sure. in one world, you know. And sure, it makes sense that they were like, yeah, this one is about uh, offense with defense in it via blocking. You know what I mean? But like, what I like about Elden Ring is is my character, whatever. If you want to get super. <laughs> No, super do it. into it i'm i'm doing like a dual katana guy who mm-hmm. has high dex intelligence and my general style is i usually try to like get in and on somebody and then get out when they're doing their big swing whatever and also like the you know i use all of the summoning ashes mm-hmm. which you know maybe super game cred get good guys do not but i like to cheese the fuck out of things like i haven't really i haven't used i haven't used any of the summon ashes and it's it's basically just because like it basically is just because like i i i kind of like i enjoy figuring out how the boss works and then i get like a stupid like pride element of like i can do this see Uh, see i like the fact that these games are so hard that it feels like if you cheat Fine. <laughs> you know what I, I felt that way about uh, Dark Souls 2, where it was like, yeah. hey, this place is bullshit, but if you do something bullshit in response to it, you're right. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah, no, like, I agree. And I, I like part of me keeps like, you know, feeling like I should use these ashes, like, because I'm just like, I, I absolutely, I absolutely feel this way about, <laughs> about yeah. like, you know, these games too. I want to, I want to cheese them if like they're there to be cheesed, but like, I'm just like, you know what? It's like, I just, I, there's something about like adding a friend in that's like my, you know, mysterious, like spectral friend. I'm sure once I do it, I'll be like, okay, I should have been doing this the whole time. This rocks. I think like no, that's, it's, it's actually funny. Cause I found without spoiling anything, oh, I found, I found like really annoying spectral ashes, which are people who from very, very, very far away do a, <laughs> do a ranged attack. 
<laughs> on so a boss great. and just kind of interrupt and annoy the boss. And usually they, they can get fucking smoked in a second by the boss. But it gives you enough time for like, there, there have been times when a boss is about to do sort of like a life-ending move on me and then a bunch of little arrows hit him and he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know I mean? And it's like, feels good. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like, I don't know. Like, it, it's, so one of the things that I, I come back and forth with on, on the open world in Elden Ring is, you know, one of the things I love about the Souls games is the the sort of position they put you in to have to like adapt, right? Um, and, and so, like, that's part of why, I like, why I, I so enjoyed Sekiro is like it is it's just a game about adaptation in in terms of playstyle and in terms of like everything else, right? You have to you have to kind of figure out like you know, a what is it what is it to um, you know what is it to like be this this samurai. Uh, and like fight the way he does. What is it to like have to only have one weapon and, and no difference in play style? But like in that's that's an extreme example, and I, I I'm a fan of extreme examples. So that's that's just me. But the um, I think like the the idea of these Souls games where like you're put in a position where you're like okay, you have to work out how to get through this area that's full of magicians now, or you have to get through this yeah. area that's full of like skeletons and they don't, they aren't hurt by this, this thing, or, you know, in this area, everyone's really fast or in this area, everyone's really slow, but if they hit you once you're dead, like that element of like, okay, so I have to work this out. I, I don't have a choice. Um, I like that about the souls games. And I, I think, you know, the see, thing I was see. worried about with open world yeah. is that that would be gone. I think in spite of like in spite of the risk, like it, it's there in Elden Ring. I think they it's get it right. It's funny because it is there, and the coolest thing about it is, I think they lay out a bunch of shit where you have the freedom to go anywhere. Where they're like, "Yeah, you can do this now, but you also yeah. don't have to," which I like because I don't I don't like the feeling of banging my head against something where I have to just like get good at it in the way that it wants me to, like. I, I, I feel like the idea of expression in the game has to exist in a way where you're given any number of tools to try something and they can all be different. You know yeah. what I mean? I wonder. Like, oh, I, I think there's so many quality of life things in Elden Ring where like I've only run into it in a few places, but I don't know. The 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 running to a boss from a waypoint in, yeah. in Dark Souls, I think a lot of people look at that as a foundational design thing. Oh, no. It, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> it, it really annoys the fuck out of me because if I would be getting frustrated with a boss and then I just want to get to the boss and then I'd get sloppy and start getting my ass kicked on the way to the boss and then be like, ah, oh, fuck. And then I'd like, have to start over. And like, I don't know. I, I don't know. I've heard a lot of people use flow state in a way that seems so broad as not to mean anything. But mm-hmm. like, when you feel what I like about Elden Ring and what I liked about Dark Souls 2 was like, when you feel like you have a bunch of tools and like, let's see what works here. And you know what? Maybe try something fucking crazy. Oh, it works. Like they yeah, figured out yeah. that it would work. Like, oh yeah. Like I, I was like just, I was just in like a swamp with a bunch of like slimes, like in the, in the Crimson Rod area. And I was yeah. like, okay, like these guys are not, cause I'm, I'm running a similar build to you, a little more strength heavy. Um, but basically a dex build. Um, and I just like, I'm like, okay, uh, you know, I'm gonna, gonna like 
try and hit these slabs with my katana and it did not do much. And I was like, oh God, like, what do I do? And I started hitting him with my torch and it was like, oh, yep, yeah, that kills course. him quick. Yep. That's that's solid. <laughs> God. Um, yeah. But I, I, I love that too. Just kind of like, <laughs> I mean, not, not to, not to spoil anything, but like came into a place, saw a very scary looking weird thing that I couldn't even parse what it was like mm-hmm. crying over a grave. There was something in front of the grave, and I was like, I bet that's a good item. And I ran and got it, and then it started freaking out. <laughs> it, put, it put a status effect on me. It was the death status effect, whatever it's called oh, in this one. Oh, yes, sure. And it was just like, and my body just became like a basically crucified on a spike because of a status effect. Oh, I, was no. like, I was like, okay, so maybe I shouldn't mess with that guy <laughs> as of yet. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad like, I got the item. I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> But, like, I just love the fact that also this is such a fucking Souls game through and through that, like, you're just like, oh, look, there's a church there. Oh, I recognize that weirdo in front of the church. What's in the church? Oh, there's just blood and boils in the church, and I get invaded. Okay, I'll go talk to that weirdo. And he's like, hey, you want to join my covenant to serve the blood lord? And you're like, <laughs> sure, man. <laughs> Why the fuck not? Love Let's serving the blood lord. Yeah, no, that, in, like, in that you way. You just say, El- like, yes. You're like, I, I have no idea what, what this means. Fine. Let's fucking do it, man. No, yeah. It's like in, in Elden Ring, it's like the, it, it has that Dark Souls 2 feel where, like, they really just went wild with that kind of thing. Like the, the Bell Keeper's Covenant and stuff. Like, yep. you just wander in and there's a bunch of, like, dead automatons. <laughs> You're just like, what is going on? And they're like, we're the dead automaton covenant. Oh, <laughs> dude, I, I haven't really found any. There's a covenant that I'm aware that's a covenant that I haven't said yes to because it feels like it's it feels like it's totally it's totally just telegraphed as just straight up fucking evil. And then I was like, I, I DM'd Andrew and I was like, should I say yes to this person? And they were like, yeah, why not? And I was like, okay, <laughs> but I haven't done it yet, so I don't even know what it involves. But like, <laughs> it's really yeah. I think like you know one of the things I I like about this game and i think the reason why everyone else likes it so much too is because it it's unlocked one of the things about the souls games that i think um i i don't know like i've always felt is true about them i think i say this in the book but i'd have to reread the souls chapter to know but like you know one of the things that's true about the souls games is like the difficulty is not it's not a prescriptive difficulty. It's not like saying like, okay, just figure this out and figure it out and like do it. And if you don't figure it out, then, then you suck at this game. You can't beat it, which is like how a lot of people say these games are. Well, that's so but funny. I, that culture I thought was dead. I thought that's, Oh of no, like, that culture is real big. I, yeah. A friend of mine was telling me about, uh, someone, I think moderating a discord where <laughs> a bunch of people came in and that culture is very much alive. And I was like, Oh, weird. Cause I missed all that shit. I wasn't playing those games when that happened. That was already like a fucking decade ago. Right. I mean, yeah, like, no, I mean, it's, it's absurd what, how, how it works. Like I, but like the, it, it also like just completely misunderstands the point of these games, which is that like, you know, the games present you with, a series of difficulties and then also present you with a series of um tools as you yeah. say like you can you can try yeah, all that's... sorts of stuff in 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 all of the souls games you can and i think like in some ways that was i it strikes me that in some ways uh, sekiro was like a 
a palate cleanser um, it, it, for for From and maybe for Miyazaki, where like and in Bloodborne as well, where like you you are sort of given this sense of okay, look, like we can we can um, you can do stuff in a different way. You can do stuff like uh, you're 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 stuck. Like <laughs> you have to <laughs> you have to like you have to deal with the fact that you're stuck here. And you don't have like a you don't have an easy out. You can't like you can't cheese this in the way you wanted it to, like because you don't have the build that you want to. Um, the, the way that uh, Bloodborne took away the shield and the way that Sekiro made you be Sekiro, um, but like it is, it is so interesting where like you have to, hmm, like you are forced to acknowledge or um, come to terms with this uh, other way of playing. And, you know, it feels to me like it's a way of the of the devs saying, like, this is what we wanted you to do in well, the see, other games. See, what, like, what I what I like about this one is that, like, when you are start really feeling yourself and you have, like, a build where you're like, yeah, I'm smoking all these motherfuckers. Like, fuck this. I'm, a, I'm you'll end up in a place where it's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, man, those those blades don't work here. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. now to figure some shit out. And right. it's like, yeah. And, and the game, like the game, honestly, like. <laughs> Like the open world element makes you feel like it's okay to figure it out that way. Like well, it makes you I feel like, like yeah. I also like that the open world element and the horse goat mm. horse whatever gives you gives you the out to just bounce. Like yeah. you can get yeah. the fuck out of there. Like you run up to a gigantic winged gargoyle that's like five stories tall. And you're hey, like, I, 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 that's the same exact <laughs> thing I just ran up to. And you're, you're like, I wonder if I can hurt this guy, and you like swing at him, and it doesn't even do a chunk off of this thing, and you're like. Okay, or or I can just leave real quick. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did that, and then the you know it just ended up being like not even takes a chunk off of his thing, and then he hit me, and I died instantly. And I was like, yeah. all right, well, that's that's that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I I I really like that, and I I wonder if with like the sort of like purists or or sort of like traditionalists if they see the the horse and the open world as a, as a weird bad thing because I, like you know, i don't get the feeling they do i think like the only people that don't like the horse in the open world are people like me who are curious or worried or i and i like the horse in the open world but i'm always suspicious when, when a horse shows up i'm like this might suck like i don't i don't like i don't like the idea of having to like ride horseback across a map or whatever um but like you know it strikes me that people are completely okay with this version of like of, of a souls game because they're sort of like ah oh, it's so expansive it's like you can choose your own path and stuff and part of me wants to like part of me wants to be like you could always do that like you <laughs> you can yeah, summon well, someone I, like the summons are there you can you can take outs to make this so that you can oh dude these so areas yeah like after yeah. after i finally you know joined the playstation network or whatever the fuck it's called mm-hmm. like I was at a really annoying boss who I still haven't beaten. And I was like, oh, I can summon a person here. And I summoned a guy and I was like, guy showed up. And you know how it is with like summoning people in these games or whatnot. Like lots of times it could just be somebody who's such an ace at the shit that they just walk in and do it all for you. Yeah. And I was like, kind of didn't want to do that. But then I was like, this boss sucks. Like, fine. 
And then I summoned a guy who came in and literally got the shit kicked out from like one minute in. That's, a, I was that's like, hilarious. I was, like, I was like, why'd you put down a summon sign here, man? Like, you're weaker than I am. What are you doing? <laughs> I, I, I admire it. I like, <laughs> like, not to spoil anything, but it's, it's a boss that's kind of a reskin of an existing boss. But he's got a lot of annoying new things in on it. He shoots fire and he shot the dude I summoned with fire twice and he was dead. <laughs> I was just like, I was like, dude, I'm, I, I, I can hold my own against this guy better than that. Like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> but yeah, I really like the, uh, the open world in this because like as opposed to the sort of Assassin's Creed thing where you get one million different things on a map, you actually have an imperfect map that you can kind of figure stuff out from looking at, but also you can be totally wrong. And also the map can be wrong. And like the sense of discovery, I I feel like what every time I've ever gone down into one of those little dungeons and done something, even if it's really hard, even if it gives me something that necessarily doesn't really work for my build or something, it always feels pretty good. I mean, I was thinking about like, playing one of those Assassin's Creed games that they're like, oh, you know, like this place is just a little too strong for you. And I was like, well, I'm going to work really hard and beat this bandit camp or whatever. Yeah. And then you do, and they're like, yeah, your sword did 1%. Now it does 2%. That's what you got. And it's just like, all right. (laughs) I guess this is the whole fucking game. Like, you know. Yeah, it, it is like, I mean, part of, I think part of like the appeal of an open world, like I'm trying to think of the open world games I like the most. And I think, you know, ultimately it's it the 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 standard for all open world games for me is is gonna be Outer Wilds. And the reason Outer Wilds works so well is because it makes exploration an end into in and of itself. And I think yeah. ultimately, however well your open world game can make exploration an end in and of itself, um is like i don't know like i think that that's the mark of like a a successful open world game it's tough because like the the amount of the amount of like um you know like little like uh i don't know like little like skinner box elements uh in 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 ubisoft games make it so like okay my job here is to get the checklist done the checklist has to be done like you know if i don't get the checklist done i have i have failed as a person uh, like, but in 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 this game, like the checklist doesn't exist. Like I, I was talking to my friend uh, and and you know friend of friend of all uh, Graham uh, uh, about this game, and he was like, "Yeah, like I'm at the point in the game where I'm like looking up what's in these places, and it's like, oh, what's in like skeleton ass cave? Like, oh, it's a spell <laughs> my character can use. I'll do that next time. <laughs> like, and just like yeah. move on. Like, it's honestly, funny like, I, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm still. <sighs> It's funny because I, you know, probably because I watched trailers or something for Elden Ring for they're still giving me recommendations on on YouTube. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. the 12 strongest weapons. And I'm like, dude, I don't want to, you know, I'm not a spoiler guy, but I really like discovering stuff in this game. Well, and yeah. Like, and so, like, but it's also funny because the other night I was in, uh, I was fighting a boss in a great underground cavern. And then I was like, well, there's going to be something cool after this. 
And the way the place looks is beautiful, but from all I can tell, it's a dead end, and it gave me a spell I don't need. And I was like, oh, I thought I was on progression here. I don't know what the fuck. Yeah, yeah. So No, I did that I did that the other day. There's a, there's an area in there, like, there's a whole castle. Um, there's a whole castle where, like, basically you just get an item at the end. It has a boss and everything, but it's the end of the map. Is it, as far is as it, in, the, is it in the southeast? Yes, yes. I'm yes, just like, I also did the same thing thinking that was mainline of the, of the fucking like, what? game. What? <laughs> <laughs> and also it has the most fucking Dark Souls-ass quest ending of just kind of like, oh, my father's in this place. Could you send him a letter? And you're like, yeah, okay. How's this gonna? How's this gonna shake the fuck out? Come on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Fine. And then my other friend was like, "You can kill that guy, and he's got a." And I was like, "I'm not gonna. That guy's life is already over. Let him. Let him." <laughs> I'm not gonna kill that guy. <laughs> yeah. But God, this is the most I've ever talked about video games on the show. I think. Usually you have me on and we talk about like Moby Dick for three hours. <laughs> no, I, I mean, it's the first time we both played a video game at the same yeah, time, I think. The same one, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is like Moby Dick in a way. Like, so, Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, we, don't have to go, we don't have to go there. No, that, that, that'd be a hot take. You I know, it, it, it would probably is. get on it. But yeah, I, I also, I like the game and I like how it is straight up at first, you're like, this will not meet you halfway. This will give you nothing. And you're like, no, actually, this is doing tons of really quality of life stuff compared to older things of theirs. And also, as far as difficulty, the fact that you can bang your head up against something and it's not, it's the, th- it can be one of 60 things to bang your head up against. You can always go somewhere else and try something else and in the process get something totally different. Yeah. You know what I mean? So as far as that being like the idea of an open world, I mean, like open world in its broadest sense has been a pretty major thing since the Grand Theft Audio, uh, Grand Theft Audio, Grand Theft Auto games. You do love but those like, soundtracks. You're, yes. like, you're on record as oh, like God. loving to listen to Flock of Seagulls a lot. I don't know why. Yeah, I was talking to McTiernan about this. I don't know why I get so pissed off about this, but like whatever. Have you ever been like, you like a song or something and you're playing it and your friend's like, oh, you like this song because it's in that movie or something. And then you're like, you're like no, I, I just like this song. I don't know that movie. Or like you go to like, you say something, a joke, and someone's like, oh, you got that from blah, blah, blah. And you're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I just thought it was so funny that it feels like for like decades now, a song will come on somewhere and it's like, it's not even an obscure song. It's like a Stone Cold certified classic like, from the biggest artist in the world, people look at me and be like, yeah, man, it's from fucking Grand Theft Auto. Well, like, it's like, yeah, it's like how many you're people... Like, you're, like, you're like, no, Parliament Funkadelic <laughs> existed before, existed during, and exists after that. You it's like how to, everyone like, everyone thinks uh, Gimme Shelter is from The Departed or something like that, right? <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, there was just so many times over the last like decade that you'll go like look up a song on YouTube or something, or there's just like a million comments that are like, thumbs up if Grand Theft Auto brought you here. But anyway, the point I was making was like, those are open worlds, but what you can actually do in them is just like limited to driving or shooting people, right? Yeah. So like the openness of those worlds, even in later ones that are hilly and mountainous and stuff and whatnot and actually have stuff you can travel around they're still kind of flat you know what i mean and 
as far as like biomes changing and stuff, that's basically cosmetic and has no actual has no actual feedback for how you play other than like if there's water and you fall into it, you die or you don't or you lose your car or something, you know what right, I mean? Yeah. The idea of an open world where you actually where you're going and what you do affects how you play is interesting. And I think a lot of people reacted to Breath of the Wild, which I've never really played. I've watched some friends play it because I don't have a Switch. But uh, I saw that as a real interesting reality of how that game worked. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think, like, you know, one of the one of the elements in both uh, that they, you know, they kind of, um, I don't know, they, they kind of were able to build upon a little bit or take a lesson from Breath of the Wild in, in Elden Ring was that, like, really the, the storytelling in it is environmental. Like, the, the areas yeah. tell you the story as much as anything, which is, like, absolutely... Um, oh, well, uh, there's also cryptic weirdos who tell you stuff. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's new. That's not in any of the Dark Souls I know, games, right? I, I know. I just thought that was funny that after you meet, like, the fourth one, you're like, you motherfuckers, I'm glad you're back. I'm glad someone's just, like... <laughs> <laughs> have, have you been have you been anywhere with windmills in them Trevor? uh no not yet okay i mean in not... dark souls 2 i sure have <laughs> yeah but i'm saying not in elden ring there's nope. there's there's some environmental storytelling involving weirdos and windmills that i will not ruin for you i mean even just like for a non-spoilery thing like where where you come out of the cave or you come out of like the sanctuary at the beginning and there's just a guy there is like Huh, you're tarnished, huh? Maidenless. <laughs> you're not going to make it long. It's like, oh, good. I'm home. <laughs> yeah. That guy has a whole quest line and an overarching story, which is hilarious. Not to spoil uh, yeah. anything. I love like, him. <laughs> I, I love how like how he keeps responding to your improvements by being like, I guess I was wrong. Looks like you're not so useless after all. Please yeah. just neg me, king. I should uh, probably kill that guy and take his stuff. I don't like him very much. but You can yeah. do it, yeah. <laughs> um I think like I think the you know the I don't know like there is something about Elden Ring and I it's like I keep coming back to this idea that like speaks to speaks to the the potential of the Souls games that everyone kind of got so worked up about missing because they got so into the difficulty discourse. But that, yeah, that's funny. I, I would totally agree that the potential in the Souls game that I always liked was the fact that it's disempowerment fantasy. Yeah. It's, it's fantasy that also shows power, which is usually the fulcrum that fantasy, and, you know, I don't know how to phrase this, like, so much about fantasy is about power. Lots of times that power is some kind of ultra-mundane shit like magic or fate or gods or something. The power in all of the From games is always a corrupt and corrupting force, mm -hmm. which I don't even think they're having it both ways because your character most of the time is part of that cycle of getting more powerful. Right, killing, yeah, the only, which is like the only option. Kind of yeah, the only yeah. option in the end to, like, to make it stop is like, well, do you want to in the world is that like, <laughs> yeah. like yeah okay uh, fine it's also funny that like i have very little idea of what's going on in the plot of elden ring so far other than i'm coming to understand a few different factions and you're like yep it's all just a <laughs> bunch of different flavors of different assholes and there's a few people who are 
probably good, but very deeply misguided 200 years ago. Okay. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, right, right. And like, you know, I think like it hits all the same notes and it, 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 it speaks to most of the same things as the souls games. And like, you know, like, I think, I think in terms of like preference, like I, I, I know I asked uh, Dion one of our streams, like how she'd, how she'd rank them. Um, and stuff like that. But like, really, that's only interesting from like a, a, a trivia standpoint, I think, like or a personal, well, well, like if you're friends with someone and like, oh, what do you, what do you think? I think like I think honestly, like um, like they have all the same kind of elements in Elden Ring as they do the other games, but they've added the open world and people really love it. I don't think it's just the open world. I think it's that people finally feel like empowered to play the game in the way that we probably just should have been playing it in the first place, which is well, like, the, yeah, cheese yeah. it. Yeah. Add like do a summon. Yeah. Like screw around and make a weird character instead of like, okay, first off, this is only for hardcore gamers. So well, that's, that's, that's yeah. And I mean, I think that's a problem with putting metrics behind anything and putting rules behind anything uh, rules as they're like, attached to your fucking identity or whatnot. <laughs> yeah. but, like, of course, if you're like, if you're like, this guy can jump three feet high just from a standing position. Like you, you put a number there and people can aim at it and whatnot. But like, it's always been interesting to me in games as far as like what you can do in expression in like just games, not just as a, like a single progression with a bunch of, um, like stop gaps that you have to know how to how to answer in a yeah. pre- prescribed way. Which like it's funny when I was a kid, those like point and click adventure games seemed like they were the hugest thing in the world. But any one of them you could probably beat in a couple of minutes if you just know. Oh, if you know everything to do, yeah, everything exactly. To do, like it's over immediately. But it's never, it's never really about that. It's more about like, yeah, of course, it's about of solving. Course. The, yeah, and like, but, but yeah, I hear I, you. I, that's what I really liked about Disco Elysium was just the fact that that was a game that was so full of expression that the sheer amount of different things you could do and the different ways that like the systems would interact and also the sheer amount of chance going on, yeah, made you have a progression. I made you have like expression in, in a kind of game that looked like it looked like one of the old adventure games that would be point and click. And once you knew, like put the hamster on the wheel that you would move on to the next thing. <laughs> and in some cases it's true, but the fact that you could be like, no, my character is actually a communist who believes he's the police officer of the apocalypse. Like you could be that you could be a centrist who apologizes to everybody. You could be like, you could die in a shack just because you gave up. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. So I, I, I think that's the promise. That had always been the promise of video games to me, that you'd be able to have some kind of expression of tackling things, not just as problems, but sure. things that you were interacting with well, in a I, pretty I, broad sense. I think what's such a bummer about about the way that things have, have transpired for the Souls games in that they've become these challenge factories is that, like, you know, Demon Souls was a was a, a a cult classic, and like as a cult classic, it just like it builds up this like. And I mean, naturally, all cult classics do this. Like it's a you know, like it's us versus them. It's us versus the world. Like no one gets. But I, I thought that was a funny theme that you dealt with in your book in a bunch of different ways. Of the sort of like, 
oh, I love this. Here's the first one of this. Now I want the feeling that I had from this over and over and yeah, over again. Yeah, no, and that's, yeah. that is like that. Uh, thank you for, for uh, <laughs> you might be, you know, I've never read the book. I can't speak to it, but um, uh, uh, yeah, I'm glad you have. Um, <laughs> no, it's like, it's, it, it, it is like, I, I agree with you that like, it, it is the sense of, um, yeah, like, look, we, we, we have to, um, we have to, we have to go back. We have to have that, that feeling we had and the feeling they had, like the first feeling anyone has in these games is like, I can't do this. And like being able to overcome that the first time is extremely intoxicating, but the solution isn't. And and from to their credit knows this. Like I think if they ever made a misstep with it, it's with three, which is a little unimaginative. But well, I, I was just thinking that I only played three for a little bit, and a really good friend of mine, the guy who who basically gave me the guided tour of Bloodborne, told me by the end the bosses in three were prescriptive, and the only way to beat them was having simple like. I guess the true boss of the game or whatever, mm-hmm. you actually had to have a specific build and no other way to beat it. Uh, this is according to like something a friend told me a while ago. So Ugh. if someone wants to write into, write write into, into no Trev- cartridge, r- write into Trevor and tell him how I'm wrong, which I very well could Please be. Don't. But <laughs> I, I just, I just felt like that was kind of what three felt like, especially after two, you know? Right. Uh, and I mean, in some ways that is a, re- that's a response to two because people got mad about how much was into and like I, <laughs> that's so funny because ah, it's probably just temperament and interest, but how fucking weird two is. That's also something I like about about Elden Ring because like Elden Ring is strange. Yeah, it's a weird <laughs> it's, game. It's, it's not just fantasy with like cool dragons and knights. Like half the time you're dealing with little jar people and like. I love the, I love the jar people. I love the big one. You keep I like you, basically they they just made the uh, they made Siegfried just a jar yep. person. They're like, look, I, no, it's your friend Siegfried. He, he's a giant jar now. I, I don't know. So I'm cool. worried for that guy. He seems so nice. I don't oh, think me too. Shit, they never. End I don't up think well. shit is going to shake out well for him. No, but you know, dude, I ran into a whole group of people just in one dungeon who were evil perfumers, perfumists. <laughs> Which I guess is some. I mean, kind that's of the alchem- only. It's the only kind, right? Like, <laughs> I guess there's some kind of fucking alchemist, but it involves perfume. It's just like everything. I like how strange it is, and like, you know, the fact that I don't really fully understand it, but a lot of the villains are people who graft just various parts of defeated people or dead people yeah. to their body, so they're just fucking rolling boluses of limbs, and it's like. That is not cool. <laughs> it's not like it's not like something you'd put on the cover of like a metal album. There's an awkwardness and a and a sort of alienating strangeness about it visually. Yeah. Which is as interesting as like I don't even remember what they were called, but you remember in Dark Souls 2 there's all of these like icons that are basically like religious icons but they've been made twisted so they just spit slime all the time yes and they're just <laughs> I these do weird... remember those. <laughs> and then eventually you meet the guy who made them he's just like bagging them together in a basement you're like this asshole you're responsible for this <laughs> you did like, this. <laughs> like that's sort of like weird dream dream logic of like it's not just like well we're doing high fantasy shit with elves and dragons and stuff it's just kind of like that is kind of like a, a jumping off point aesthetically, but everything that goes on from there 
has a sort of bravery of imagination that it, yeah. is conveying something beyond just like those those easy tropes or whatever. Right. Yeah. And I think like one of the things that's that's really great in Elden Ring is is that it like it doesn't it doesn't kind of like part like the parts that don't the the, the one part that probably is like most sort of like I guess I'd say like dull in Elden Ring is is the part where it's like, and I, I like, I like them just fine. Cause I liked the, I liked the, the chalice dungeons, but like the, the dungeons that are just like procedurally generated. It's like, oh, see, okay. see at first I, I see the thing is they're not procedurally generated. They're just, oh, no, I think they're they, not. I'm sorry. They the, use the chalice jun- dungeons are, dungeons they just like, were, they basically yeah. ran the, I, it's clear. Like, I don't know how much I of think that they, they used, they used, Horn, a, but. they used a modular, uh, they use a modular like tile set probably, but yeah. I think the the little dungeons or whatever they're called catacombs are always kind of a perfect length. Yeah, so far, so far. Well, they also I, they I, I also haven't are, run into any that are such bullshit that I'm like, fuck you. Which like, you know, it'll happen. But like, it'll happen. <laughs> you know, but it's it's also like it's it's also this element of like, okay, you know, they're not the only thing going on, right? Like that's the other part of it where like, okay, you know, like I don't, I don't love, like, I, I think like when I look at the, the steel door that you have to lift up from the bottom and stuff, I'm like, Oh, we're back in the chalice dungeons. All right, fine. Like it's kind of <laughs> interesting, whatever. But like, it's also like, if I'm, if I'm playing that and I'm like, I just, I'm not feeling this at all. I, all you have to do is play a little bit longer and you'll find something else going on. Like there is, there is such a a wealth of things going on in this game and like you know part of part of what is part of what from does at its worst i i think uh, and i guess like i guess this is miyazaki but i'm always hesitant to to say like a yeah, specific you know, director because I mean, it's of course, it's such a mess like to to talk about development but you know like when from or miyazaki or whoever is at their best uh they do something like this when they're at their worst it ends up being like okay um we're we're doing we're doing like one thing and we're gonna throw it at you and like if you don't like it that's too bad like and that doesn't yeah. happen a lot but it can no, happen but I, but I mean yeah and it gets I, it gets like samey and boring and like frustrating and this game like totally isn't that like you have to get through some crummy areas like no one's I mean not crummy but like hard right like areas that don't but, make you feel very good I'd say but that, that's that that's the thing about um. Sekiro, like I beat the uh, whatever the there was a midway boss, and people were like, "Oh, that's actually the the hardest the hardest boss in the game." <laughs> Incorrect. <laughs> the last boss is the hardest well, boss in the yeah. game. Yeah, I, I, I have strong I, I, feelings on that guy. That guy was hard. Who, who the, uh, uh, the, the fire guy? No, no, oh, that oh, guy. Yeah, Demon of Hatred was hard too, but I found Ishin to be absolutely like the hardest. Well, I, I, I never finished it. I I got. And I was playing it, and it felt like it kind of opened up, and I was like, oh, cool, okay. And after that, you start going into places that look like more than just messed up castles and whatnot. You mm-hmm. you fight the knight in armor who yells Robert as he falls. That's, a, that's, a, fa- that's a fascinating <laughs> boss. Yeah, that's – But and, and then you see all this cool stuff, and then you go to this, like, temples with weird-looking non-humans in it. But then after a while, I got to a fight where it was like, oh, here's a boss fight. I can't even remember what it was that I just have to get good at. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to bounce. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> that's like there are so many things in my life that I really want to get good at. 
And um, <laughs> this isn't one of them. I, I, I just can't. And I know I told you that about the Soul series. And you're like, yeah, but that's no way to think about Because, like, I think I was saying, like, I could be learning Spanish right now. And, of course, I'm not going to, like, put down <laughs> souls and be like. I love when people when people get mad at, at like, and I mean, I, I've said the same thing. Like, I'm not I'm not making fun. And I mean, you know that. But anyone who's yeah, listening, yeah, yeah. like it, it is. It's so funny to me when people when people when people say stuff like that, because it's always like. You could also stop doing a lot of stuff and learn Spanish. Dude, I'm such a hypocrite about that that like I don't know. I was oh, me too. Joking. I mean, I say the I same just, stuff. Like I, I was just joking the other day about like uh an ex of mine was like, Yeah, I quit smoking. I I uh I you know, I got this book and I just read this book. You pick up this book and it, it makes quitting smoking so easy. And I was just like, fucking fool book. Picking up a book to quit smoking and then like buying a cigarette, buying a pack of cigarettes and be like, I'm not gonna let a book tell me what to do. And then I was like, I can't, how am I feeling superior, holier than thou about the fact that I was like, imagine I'm gonna go drop fucking $10 on this thing that I hate that's killing me because I'm not an idiot who would read a book, you know? Like, <laughs> but yeah, it, I mean, it's like, it is a sense of like, I don't know. Like I, I agree with you about that, and I, I think part of part of my part of my urge to just like bang my head up against a wall and like beat something after like a long kind of like how how can I how can I get better at this how can I how can I do this different like that it's not the healthiest thing in the world. It is sort of like obsessive in in a way, but like also I think it's just something I like about these games. Like I like banging my head up against the wall. And uh, see, I, I I do to an extent, but like, I, I it gets to a thing with me where it's like, if I feel like I'm I'm not, if I feel like the payoff for banging my head against a wall is another wall, yeah. <laughs> after a while, I start being like, well, you know, a lot of life feels like that to begin. <laughs> no, with. that's and that's fair. I think, like, I guess, I guess the point I'd make is like, I see when you say that, like, I I start to understand why people, because like, I always assume people just like didn't like Sekiro because it was different. Like, I, I, people, there are people oh, who are yeah, just like, yeah. and I'd be like, well, yeah, you're just like, you can't, you can't get over that it's not a Souls game, like, big deal. But like, when you when you talk about like, honestly, like when you say like, yeah, it's 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 annoying that it's hard in this way that like forces me into this bottleneck where I have to get good. That, that is actually, that's exactly it. it. It's (laughs) like the, the thing, the thing I liked about all of the other souls games, well, specifically I'm, I'm crazy. I I like, I like two because it feels, I only played one years after it was already a thing. Mm -hmm. And you know, like, I, I wasn't there for the initial love that everybody had. Well, for I feel it, like one know? one is one like one's probably always going to be my favorite, but like it's also because that's kind of like the one I started with, and so I have like very good associations with it. I'm not sure like I could ever speak on like the relative quality of it. it yeah, two is far and away the more you know capacious and interesting world, and and the world is so fucking weird into and yeah. the the stakes into felt. The stakes and what happens feels more like literature to me mm, <laughs> than mm. like, so it's like, yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, like, I don't even remember what I was saying. <laughs> uh, something about get good. Something about <laughs> oh, so like, yeah, the thing about Sekiro was like, <laughs> I wasn't coming at it with 
the thing of like, oh damn, there this is it, my shield and blah blah blah. Like I it was more like just that feeling of like, oh, this this feels less creative. And also yeah. you you know me, a thing that would be like taking place in sort of like feudal Japan or whatever is like straight up my jam. Yeah, like, of course. I like so like the fact that I don't know, also the story kind of Again, being about like, uh, again, it has the same thing of like corrupting power and cycles repeating and whatnot, Sekiro, but also like the sort of honor and the serving of this little Lord character by a person who's sacrificing themselves over and over again. It didn't hit me in any way that I was like, oh, cool. I was just kind of like, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, no, I, I get it. Like, I think I, I have, I have none of that, none of that feeling of like, oh, this person's so honorable. It's usually like, yeah, but you know, they're serving murderers and doing murder. So like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fair enough. Yeah. I guess. Like, I, yeah, it, you know what, what's funny about what's funny about Sekiro when you when you talk about it that way is like it is a game that I think was necessary as like a in some ways was necessary as like a reboot for like what From was doing, but like also it it kind of like it kind of does the same thing that From games do that I'm I'm saying that uh, Elden Ring doesn't do, which is forcing you into like a position where like you have to play it a particular way. Um, I like, I, I don't know, like, I like that, put it, put it this way. Like, I love art that, that has constraints, like art with constraints is, is absolutely oh, where I'm at. I mean, and yeah, I, yeah. yeah, like I, I know, I know you're there with me cause you're a, you're, you're a man <laughs> of, of taste, but, um, uh, but like, you know, it's like when, when art has constraints, like it is, it is like more interesting. It's more sort of like whatever, like there, there are a lot of things to talk about in terms of that, but like. It's not as if like constraint is always good. Like I'm not a big Olipo guy, right? Like and like oh, I'm, I I mean it could go either way. Correct. I mean so so much of the Olipo people, it's like I don't know. There, there's so much art that feels like a lot of that shit feels like a parlor trick. Like, right, and that's that's sort of like the way you're talking about Sekiro too. Is like it's not a parlor trick. Like that's that's that I'm not I know, I'm not putting those words in your mouth. Yeah, I yeah, promise. Yeah. But like. It's also like, yeah, okay, you, you've given me this constraint, but to what end? Like, is is the yeah. end like, are are we are we coming up with something? Like, is this something new? Is this something interesting? Or are we doing the same thing, just kind of like vaguely different? And I think like, I mean, it's it's funny because like using Ulipo as a thing, like, well, to tell the listeners. Everyone knows what Ulipo is. No, <laughs> okay. we, no, I'm just kidding. Tell the listeners what Ulipo is. I don't even know how to define it. It's uh... it's essentially it's essentially a, a school of poetry that is built upon um, all, essentially arbitrary co- uh, constraints that, you know, yeah. the, 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 constraint, I, I the constraint is the point, not the, um, not the result of the constraint, I would say. I like, think it stands for something like uh, works works of potential literature yeah like, it's it's uh, part of like a language it's it's sort of like built out of the language school it's an early conceptual poetry like I, you know it's a, but it's so, yeah. so it, it it's 1960s people like uh kuno and george perec yeah perec did good things where, where they where they would write things that had extreme like perec wrote a book called the english name for it is a void and it's uh, it's a full novel that 
the letter E does not appear anywhere in it. Yeah. Yeah. And and so, but then it was written in French in that way. And then translators had to further like work their fucking asses off to translate it from French to English. And then I, he's just like, absolutely. (laughs) The the E cannot appear in the French translation. Like, So it was just like, I remember asking a professor, like, well, is it a good book? And he was like, nah, I mean, there's a lot more good George Perec books. This is just kind of like, you know, well, yeah, uh, a a huge undertaking. And it's like, George Perec has written stuff that I love. Like he wrote life, a user's manual. And like, Amazing stuff that is all written in in uh, in in strange formal ways, but they actually, to me at least, mean something. Right. It's you know sort of I like mean? I I don't know how familiar you are with, um, and there's no reason you should be. It's not. I mean, like I'll I'll show my hand. I don't find them particularly interesting, and I've I mean I've I was gonna say I've written about this, but it was in my dissertation, so no one's read it. But. Um, <laughs> What if so they I, had? I may, I may. Oh God, I would have been. I'd be really impressed and really, really <laughs> sorry for you. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, like, no one's read it, and if they have, um, they didn't like it. Uh, but the, you know, like, Ken. I don't know how much you you're familiar with, like, uh, Kenneth Goldsmith. Um, I know the name and never never read him. Yeah, yeah, he's not super interesting. He's um, he's a conceptual poet. Like <clears throat> his his whole thing. Uh, him and like Vanessa Place is another version of this. She she was famous because she like she t- she tweeted like all the lines from Gone with the Wind. Uh, or yeah, I think it was Gone with the Wind. Uh, like the all the mammy lines, like the the the, the black nanny, and uh, she's white, and people are like, this seems like weird that you're doing this. And she was what, like, what, actually, it's poetry. <laughs> what the fuck was her angle there? Oh, it's what, conceptualism. It's doesn't you don't need an angle. You just need to like. <laughs> yeah, that's cornball. She knew what the fuck she. Of course doing. she did. Come yeah, on, no, like, yeah. she absolutely did. I mean, and this is like this is the thing, right? Like uh, Goldsmith. Well, so anyway, it's not super important, but like Goldsmith is um, Goldsmith's whole deal. He's he's more sort of like tangible to talk about this way. Is um, he just like he comes up with a constraint and runs with it. So his most famous book is called a uh, uh, day, mm-hmm. and like a uh, day is just the um, it's the entire uh, New York Times. From uh, I think it became popular because it was a rumor that <laughs> that it was the entire New York Times from nine eleven uh, or nine. I'm sorry, nine ten twenty uh, two thousand one. But really, it was a it was like September tenth two thousand. I, I don't know like how much it had anything to do with nine eleven. Like if anything, it was just like an echo that you know made it more popular, but it had nothing to do with it. But like the it's everything. Like so, it's this massive eight hundred page book, and so like people, you know lit professors like to own it and stuff like it's a huge lump on their shelf that they're like ah try reading this it's impossible to read and you know the whole point is like it's a book that you can't read and oh what is language and stuff but like that's that. that's so funny because both you and i love books that people mistakenly argue are important because they're impossible to read right. but actually get joy out of them like you're a huge fan of jr which you know granted i haven't read that in 20 years but like uh, it's not an easy know, book. Like, <laughs> it's not an easy book, but then again, it's not some Dark Souls shit where, like, you want to read something hard, bitch. It's like, yeah, it's a good book. You know? like, yeah, and, and the same thing with Moby Dick, which I like is also one of my favorite novels. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah, and like the, you know, the, 
I think the element of like yo, that was a shock the other day. By the way, I did not expect to see so many people getting hype for uh, news of of a new Cormac McCarthy book. I'd people got really knew. excited about that. I had no idea that he was that popular. Like, I mean, he sure loves he sure loves uh, the hard sciences and saying the humanities sucks. But I thought that was basically like all wait, he did anymore. Some, yeah, is he, that something he does now? He just hangs out. <laughs> all he does is hang out with the. Uh, and it sounds like I'm doing that that like that uh, copy paste uh, with like all all uh, all millennium hot, girls hot, hot, do hot do hot chip and lie all, yeah. all millennial Cormac McCarthy's do is eat hot chip and lie. Um, no, all all Cormac McCarthy really loves to do now is be at the University of Arizona and hang out with the uh, with like the the I don't know the physics department and like talk about theoretical physics and people will ask him about like what do you, you know what do you how, think about what do you think about literature cormac and he's like i don't care i don't read books like do you know how many fucking writers have that double reverse chip on their shoulder oh god yeah a flex it's not I even remember, interesting <laughs> i remember as a kid seeing fucking kurt vonnegut talk and he was just like you want to know what's real talk to physicists and inventors and people who actually make things literature is stupid and i was like Motherfucker, you're here because you made literature. Yeah. This is like this is like Scott Adams talking about how he's a fucking uh engineer. Like he's not. He draws <laughs> stupid cartoons. You know? Yeah, like, like it is funny. Like it is it's such a it's such an obvious like oh you you feel lesser than when you're around these people. So all you have all you can do is just like talk about how cool they are. Well, it's it's even weirder that I, I understand when you're feeling pigeonholed about creative art like people seem to have a social idea of what artists are supposed to be or writers or whatever and certain people who acted out as sort of like a celebrity function are definitely rewarded for it mm -hmm. i can understand why you all the people i know in my life i'm like i'm not an artist i don't do art and it's like well that's all you do but okay <laughs> like, because they just don't want to think they don't want to be like some like fucking asshole they don't want to be like jeff Koons, right you know, like, yeah so and like so, I mean, it's the same thing with writing. Like you don't want to be you don't want to be Ken Goldsmith. Like you don't want to like you don't want to be like oh it's it's that guy. He's oh, he's here at the party again. Great. Like yeah. What what are you doing this time, Ken? I'm doing a book where I say everything I do in a day. And yes, I jack myself off in the day. That's a that's a real book that he did. Um, oh, dude. Yeah. That's like but like that's, that's I mean that's see that's so funny. That's that's yeah. I mean, I I actually. It's funny because I was been thinking about Uli Po. Like, I like Parekh a lot, but I don't know if I like anything that he did that falls under that rubric. Right. But 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 everything he did after that, I think, was informed by it. So like, if he's not declaring the the constraint as he as he shows it to you, those constraints are probably there and inform everything that he makes. You know what I mean? Well, so like, it's also it's also true though that like. When, when someone like Parekh, who's a who's a, 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 a you know wonderful artist, is um, is giving you like new I guess new stuff to consider right like coming up with these constraints, thinking through them, you know yeah. inevitably what'll happen is not like in, in my opinion is not like okay. Uh, they'll decide that the constraint is the thing, which is ultimately the problem with Goldsmith. I mean, like Goldsmith doesn't care. Like he's, I think he's like yeah. a Nobel laureate or something. I, whatever. Like he's he's a he's an extremely 
successful guy. It's funny. I, I know the name. I've literally never oh. read him, nor, nor met anybody who was like, you got to check this shit out. Oh, my God. <laughs> if like, anyone said that to you, run. But, like, <laughs> that's that's such a red flag. Like, people talk about books I'm, that are red flags. That's, like, that's an extraordinary red flag. I'd worry. I'm also su- surprised to hear that hear that about Cormac McCarthy, that he's on the, like, sort of, like, physics is the shit. Oh, Fuck yeah. Writing. Because his his... His stuff that is would even like genre wise be called like crime fiction or whatnot is so obviously in conversation with like a thousand years of literature. It's yeah, hard no, to I like, mean, he he is absolutely trying to get out of like that position. I think he he'd be one of those guys who's like, well, you know, like the 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 greats understood the importance of like you know people like that. But like, yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. obvious that he's just trying to like, as you say, get get non pigeonholed. But like, I mean, it is like I think like great great artists will take constraint and and think of it as a a sort of um as a way of like they think about it as an intellectual problem or an intellectual opportunity where they say something like okay like i've done a thing where i've done extreme constraint i mean gaddis does this too with with jr like you know the recognitions was was i prior to jr and so like he did a book without constraint and he's like, I wonder what I could do like with it. I mean, I assume um, I'm, I'm not a biographer, but I'm assuming this is his thought process. Like, I wonder what I could do with more constraint and then like moved on well, to something funny, else. Cause I, I feel like we've been having that conversation for 20 years about like yeah. that in filmmaking of just sort of like when they can edit on the fly, anything, cause everything's CGI and everything's green screen and whatnot. That lack of constraint makes things that are, these sort of free floating nothings that have no weight or meaning to them. Just just feel like modular parts that are, you know, like all movies feel like that now that all of the, uh, you know, on sort of like, uh, you feel like on an instinctual level when you're watching like all of the robot armies versus all of the assembled superheroes in the climax battle of a Marvel movie. You're like, no, nobody's there. There's nothing on screen. Like, <laughs> okay. Like even with the swell of the music and all of the stuff that there's nothing to even like psychologically or essentially like attach my heart to it. You're yeah. just watching modular parts banging together. It, you know, so like no for sure and i think like you know one of the i don't know one of the one of the elements that's like most exciting about about older film is, is the fact that like you can you can chart like formal ways that it, it that they like that filmmakers have to kind of like figure out okay like how do we how do we make this work like <laughs> how do we how do we get like how do we make this dolly shot like actually look interesting as opposed to like a mess um, and yeah, when and those also, are taken any, away, any, it's like, why? Anytime you ever hear about the making of a thing, the sheer amount of happy accidents and decisions that had to be made because shit was broken or not working or yeah. you couldn't film in this one place or this person didn't show up, it's like, once all of those things are removed, which naturally are constraints, you just end up like yep. with like, yeah, you end up with the Star Wars prequels or the Marvel movies, right? Or the new Matrix or whatever, like. And like you know, it's it's not it's not even like it's not even as if like um you know you can point to like oh well that's why experimental filmmakers aren't very good like that's certainly not <laughs> what either of us are saying but like you know it's it's like it, you know the the element here is like you know you don't even have to be obsessed with the, with the constraint. You simply have to like acknowledge it as part of your process. And that's, I think what great artists do. And and in a sense, it's what great, like 
you know, to, to sort of like make a, a this general point before we get back to like not making this general point uh, is like it's what Elden Ring does. That's like so interesting is that it under, it grasps the sort of like, res, you know, constraint of like, OK, this game is going to be like painfully difficult as like as as a like as a, a mission statement, like it, it's hard. Right. But it understands that not as like, OK, what it's going to be is like difficult, quad difficult. It has to make people like upset. It well, has to see, make people angry. A, that's the thing about about the idea of what difficulty is mm-hmm. like. If difficulty feels like an interaction. I really like it. Like, yeah. If yeah. difficulty feels like an interaction where you feel like you're seeing and learning from it and you understand why things happen. There is, for me personally, I'm just talking about my own experience here, a thing where you go, okay, well, I can see what's happening here. Maybe I'll try this. Maybe I'll try this. When difficulty is is just gating. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I feel like I say this to you every time I'm on here. And oh, that's a few okay. times Say the line, about, Deegan. <laughs> <laughs> the few times we talk about video games. So this is the most video games I've ever talked on this show. Yep. I feel proud of your show and myself. I'm, I'm, I'm happy you. for both of us. We're, we're doing it. We're doing it, and it's, it's good. Just don't let any girls hear this and find out I'm a gamer. Oh, no. I don't want, I don't want them to know. <laughs> You're doing so hot on the <laughs> dating scene right now, too. Yeah. I mean, people Eddie, keep saying. <laughs> Just don't tell any girls I'm a gamer or a podcaster, please. <laughs> they don't like but, that. Uh, <laughs> they don't like that. But yeah, no, what I was going to say was like, every time I'm on here, I'm always like, oh, I want to play a JRPG. I was playing a JRPG and remembered I fucking hate JRPGs. Right, yeah. <laughs> Which is just like me chasing the dragon of a high from the past. And like a weird thing about JRPGs, especially the ones that are very like, the ones that are basically like just throw yourself at this wall five times and then you get one point stronger that the wall only takes four throws blah 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 and you go like that and doing that progression forever will dole out little pieces of story for you and then you're done right like there's something very relaxing about that sometimes and if the world and the ideas and the things you see are pleasant and interesting that like, I could play the shit out of Dragon Quest games. Those have figured out that formula perfectly. But when that framework is so obvious that you're just like, guess I got to do a repetitive action for six hours. That's a really good example. Yes. Like, you know, like, you know, so, so much of what you have to do in life that I avoid is repetitive actions for six hours. Well, you yeah, know? Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I think of like, I think of the, they're like, I mean, and, and people get mad at me at the, for this, I'm sure. But like, I gave up at least the first time playing them. I gave up playing. Um, you won't get mad at me for two of the Final Fantasy games, uh, Final Fantasy eight and nine, which people uh, love. Well, um, you're right for eight because it's bad. All those people coming out and saying like it was slept on and not. No, I'm just I'm just being a dick to friends of mine. Ah, uh, take that. I, but I get- I'm not. I'm, I hate the art in eight, and nine is a bad game. <laughs> But but the world that it made is so charming, and I love it. It's and a beautiful like world, honestly. The first yes. two thirds of it, you're like, "Wow, this is what all of these games should be like." And then the last third, you're like, "They're just making me spin my wheels over and over." Well, again. yeah. Like, so yeah. like, I gave up. I gave up on eight because um, it had me find this island, um, and I couldn't find the island. And like, it was like, okay, 
where's this island? What 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 do you want me to do? Like I've I've traveled around the map. I can't find it. What like for a split second I was just searching my mind, like I wonder what that island is. And I haven't played that game since I was a child. Yeah. So I feel like if you asked a younger me, I would know. But uh I mean, I just like I, I a cousin of mine was like, oh, yeah, I know where that is. That's down this area. And I was like, is it? And I, I went and looked at like I was like, I can't find it. Maybe, you know, where it is. But I don't this game. This game is dead to me. And like, you know, it's 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 fine. Like it, it didn't it wasn't a problem. Like I didn't it wasn't, you know, the end of my world to stop playing a Final Fantasy game. But that and then in, in nine, just like I got to a, I got to a part where it was like, OK, um, if you, you know, here's, here's a, here's a part you can't travel back into the world from, I hope you're leveled up enough. You're not, well, you can't possibly beat this. And I was like, well, you're like, thanks. Asshole. I'm not going back <laughs> and beating the game like again. You, like it seems like a you problem, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And not, not a me problem. And that's like, that's one of those things. <laughs> that's one of those things where it's like, yeah, you, you didn't design the game. Well, like you didn't, this isn't, this is not taking the constraint of like leveling up and growing stronger or like valuing exploration in any helpful or good way um and i think you know like yeah i mean yeah there's a my favorite fucking jrpg series is metal max aka metal saga i think the only one of them came out here and it was like a random ps2 one Mm -hmm. which is a really weird game and is probably one of my favorite series is ever but like it is a game that is a strict jrpg except you have vehicles and stuff. It's kind of for like military vehicle otaku kind of that aspect of it. Okay. But like the sheer amount of different ways you can play it has, it's a JRPG with a a lot of crazy expression in it in how you play it. And also in most of them, other than your main character, you basically just choose like, like from archetypes of like, you know, job classes, Mm -hmm. but some of the job classes are like, an artist and the artist builds stuff and basically sucks at everything else. <laughs> and then you have like a nurse, which is good when you're not in vehicles because she can heal people, but also most of the time you're in vehicles. And so like you also get like a wrestler who can get overpowered and just break shit, but also sucks at driving. So okay. it's like all of this, but also on top of that, it takes place in like, it's like Mad Max, if Mad Max was also really stupid and it was like a, a gag anime from the 1980s. So there's just this <laughs> constant thing of like, you go into a village and being like, this was a place once, and you're like in a broken down skyscraper, and you're like, oh shit, nuclear holocaust is horrible. And then you go somewhere else and they're like, yeah, all the men from this village are missing because there's a woman bodybuilder who's who gets high off their sweat and she's been kidnapping all of them. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. So it has that level of insanity. And I, and I, those games are fucking amazing. I think there's probably fan translations of them, but the best ones were the ones that were on the DS. And I don't know if there's fan translations of those. I think there's fan translations of the Famicom one. Someone but, get on that basically. But th- those, those, those are my favorite JRPGs. But again, because what you can actually do as playing them, and of course what you're mostly doing as playing them is doing combat, can be any number of things. You can have a tank, you can have a school bus that you've outfitted, you can be on a motorcycle and swing a sword at people. And all all of those play styles work. You know what I mean? Right. Like, so that's one of the few JRPGs where you're just like, oh, I guess I'm doing it this way. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. No, and, and like that, there, there's something so... 
I don't know. There's something so appealing about that. Like it, it's not. Yeah, I keep wanting them to. They actually made something from that series, and they made a new one for maybe PS4 that had no sense of humor, no human characters in it. <laughs> What's the think, point? <laughs> and I think they also just like uh, their selling point was they were trying to make the female characters really sexy. Was what they were hoping to work cool. on. Cool. Which you know, it's it it has a real weird sexual sense of humor because it feels like an anime from the 80s but like this was just kind of like a grim dark version of this game and the game's mascot is like a a little dog with a cannon on his back he wasn't even in the new one like <laughs> it's throughout the game you always find a little dog and have to befriend him or figure out how to get him to come with you and this just wasn't in the new one not sexy like, enough what the fuck are they doing? yeah yeah you know it's it's like i don't know like i think i think the that that understanding i mean we're we're sort of we're we're jumping around a lot of points but that's kind of like the idea in in our episodes but like the <laughs> i think the like the the idea of like you know finding something that works and 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 being able to expand on it without forgetting like what you you know are going for as an artist in the first place is something that is just like i mean it, you know, this is this is not rocket science, but it's just like so incredibly difficult. And so, like, you know, one of the one of the triumphs of a game like like Elden Ring, you know, even even despite you know it, it like you know the open world hitting better with some people than others, or like you know whatever whatever flaws there might be. Like, I'm not I'm not about to like say, oh, it's it's a perfect game, so don't worry about it. Um, oh, I'm not I'm not far enough in it to make any value judgment. I like that, also but, but there's so far so far I'm super hyped on. It. Oh, I love it. Like it's a <laughs> yeah. great game. Um, and I think like you know the the thing to to really celebrate about it is that it it like it takes what the Souls games are and were. And also then like says like, okay, well here's, here's something we can change about them and improve on them and do something, you know, it, it basically does what dark souls two did in, in saying like, what, what is something we can differently in, in the souls games? And it just does it unreservedly. Unlike um, the games that came between dark souls two, uh, I guess bloodborne is a little different that way. Bloodborne yeah. is, is very different, but that was kind of made at the same time as dark souls two. Um, I really only count Sekiro and Dark Souls Three as a reaction pieces to to the response to Dark Souls Two, but it's like it, it is this like it is the sense of like okay we have to we have to build on what we had before and we have to go back to the old ways in Dark Souls Three, which appeals to some people, but like ultimately is not a lasting contribution as opposed to this, which is like okay like we know what works let's like let's kind of just like work it out from there, um, and immediately is like taking everything people love about video games and like, you know, challenging it and intensifying it and everything. It's, it, it is like, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a testament to what can happen if you just like, honestly kind of have confidence in, in, in what you do well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's also funny though, because like uh, having friends who are maniacs who have like finished the fucking game already, mm -hmm. I was saying to them like, Oh, I love how, you know, like I don't like, doing super hard shit where I'm just hitting my head up against the wall. And then everyone's just like, Oh, well you will. There are bosses like, that. <laughs> like there's shit that you have to do that you can't not do. That's not fun. And it's hard. And I was like, like, well, that's like, that, <laughs> uh, you know, like, so this is like, this is like when, when people say that about dark souls one, there, there's stuff that's like super hard and you have to do, like you have to fight Ornstein and Smo, and you have to do like, yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, the only stuff that's really hard that you have to do that sucks is badly designed bosses. And, like, there's one yeah, or two of those yeah. to be sure. But, like, you know, can... I think the I think the argument is that there's probably some boss by the oh. end of this that just that just feels really cheap and shitty. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Maybe they patched it out already. I don't. I have no idea. What they never the patched patch out the ape was. in Sekiro, as as was promised. Um, <laughs> Wait, were they? No, going no. To? That was a, a, a friend of friend of mine. So, uh, 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 Zenolalia essay. I think. I, or no, it's a uh, keep indoors. Is uh, is is her uh, at now? Um, yeah. But uh, Zeno uh, ran the no cartridge Twitter for a while, and we, we streamed we streamed Sekiro together, and. Uh, um, that was like an ongoing joke that she had was uh, Miyazaki is is promising to uh, to patch out the ape in the next in the next patch. Um, but like, yeah, the I, like there's always you know badly designed bosses, and I feel like in in games as big as Dark Souls Two and Elden Ring, there's gonna be because of how many bosses there yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, from badly designed bosses, like you know, some bosses yeah, that are just like, okay, of, this of boss course. is stupid. Like I, you know, like the fucking fume knight in Dark Souls Two. Right, exactly. It's just like it's just like you're like you're like I get what to do. This just sucks. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and you do it, and it sucks, and you get over yeah. it. It's not. Yeah. It's different than like banging your head against the wall and doing get good stuff. Uh, like no, no, yeah. no, you know, critique of your friends. Like I think I think there's like they make a oh, valid no, no. point, I, but like yeah. I, I, I don't think they weren't doing a get good thing. They were just right. saying like, I, I was just being over positive being like, <laughs> yeah, it's cool that there's no bullshit. And it's like, no, there's bullshit. You'll see it. And like, oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, that's just like, that's just, you know, even Homer nods in a certain sense, but like the, like it, there's this, there's this way that like by committing to the, the sense of like newness and diversity of, of areas and like, you know, oh, let's give this, uh, let's let's give this idea a try. Was it was it cool? Like, I just, I thought, I'll I'll give a boss spoiler. There's a there's a, you just run into him in the world. It's a skeleton in a boat. He's like he's a <laughs> he's a he's a ferryman, and and uh, he's he's like I I came to him when I when it was pretty easy to beat him because like I was a little over leveled, but like, um, he he probably could be pretty difficult. I'm not sure, but like. He just rides around, and sometimes the boat just lifts up and tries to hit you. Sometimes yes. the boat shoots up and at also, you. And also, it's great when the boat is just fully not on water. It's just ghosting around in a graveyard. It rocks. Like, yep. like, it's so good. And, like, it's such a goofy boss and such, like, an obvious, like, let's give this a try kind of thing. It it rules. And, like, the the thing about it, it being so cool is, like, it can only be cool if – it's like, okay, if Miyazaki's like, okay, like, we don't have to make a standard, like, dragon boss or something. We can do, like, a goofy boss. Like, we're going to do something funny. Um, and, like, just. Trev, I, I think I'm probably farther than you because there you are. are so many bosses that are just straight up the goofy boss. Oh, yeah. And the fact that, that the goofy boss outweighs any of, like, the cool epic metal bosses. Oh yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm far that, enough that, that I fought more than that. Just go, just that goofy. No, I'm, yeah. I'm just saying it's it's just so funny that like it's just so funny that like I don't know. I'm not going to ruin anything, but there's the level of cartoonish fucking nonsense that goes on right. in, in in very severe austere circumstances and settings. And you're just like, yo, there are Bugs Bunny style like dropping shit on you stuff going on. Oh yeah, that is so nice to see because it's not like it undercuts the seriousness or makes it have like a pathetic little like wah wah to it. It actually becomes part of it in a way that you're like, yeah, that's a pretty sophisticated universe in the same way that like 
pratfalls and ancient gods exist at the same time. Right, you know yeah, like, I mean? the, like, like, the fact that, like, you, you can be in Stormwraith Castle and, like, or uh, Stormvale Castle, excuse me, and, like, and all of a sudden you're like, okay, what's this place? Like, oh, this is so messed up. The, they're grafting everyone together. This place is crazy. And then you wander into a place and there's just a bunch of walking jars. <laughs> and then when you beat them, they give you jar meat. It's like, oh, yeah. all right, cool. Like, that's probably poisonous. Yeah, like, yeah, right on, man. That's like, that's pretty rad. Like, thanks for including that. Like, I think, you know, I think like actually like not taking itself seriously, being willing to do that kind of thing is just like, it's, well, it's a mark I, I of even, confidence. It, it, well, it yeah, I, I would say it's not even so much as taking itself seriously or not taking itself seriously as much as it's, it's, it is not taking genre, genre rules mm, as mm. any sort of given, which already shows right away that there are things a story can do when it doesn't do that, right? I mean, right. the other thing I wanted to say is like, yeah, I didn't play any of the Souls games until later, and I missed the extremely online fights that people got into. And I think people were really mad at 2 because it wasn't literally a contiguous space like the They were very mad about that, yes. Which is weird because I felt the whole point of two was reality was fractured, so it wasn't supposed to make any sense to begin with. How dare you? How dare you read the dialogue? (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, the contiguous, the cool thing about Elden Ring is it's absolutely contiguous insofar as like you can get from mostly point A to point B in tons of different places and end up in fully different, strange places. Have you taken any elevators? Oh yeah, down? yeah. No, yeah? I, I okay. have. There's there's some weird spots. I actually need to revisit one because uh, I went there when I was. That's also too low, just a yeah. hugely beautiful, strange reveal that tells you how much more is going on than you even know up to that point. Yeah, yeah. But I I love just the open world as sort of a big space. And having a map in a, in a Souls game is pretty mind blowing. It rocks. But I mean, it's it's great. also. It's also it's also funny that when you like in a crazy, you know, like I think they call them legacy dungeons, mm-hmm. like the big dungeons that you don't have that map anymore. And you're like in a place standing on a roof looking at a million different corridors and outbuildings. You're like, where the fuck do I even begin with? This? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, it's true. And like, you know, the yeah, the like the uh, that. The castles that way, where you're like, okay, this yeah, connects yeah, yeah. to that, that connects to this. I guess this connects to that. Um, I felt so proud of myself because I went through the next dungeon after that castle, which is an academy. I don't think I'm spoiling anything for you. And, uh, and at first, well, which which academy is it? <laughs> and at first, you're like, you're like, wow, it's weird how linear this place is. It's also fucking linear, but I can see all these buildings. I can see all this shit, but. A, a skybox or what? And you're like, of course it's not a skybox. Like I see an item on there, and then mm. you're just like, how the fuck do I get up there? Yeah. And then I was so happy that I, I could even be wrong, but I, I feel like I turned the place inside out and found everything, which I don't have that completionist bone in my body. It was just so cool to see like a roof with a dead body holding an item on top of it, and be like, oh shit, I can get to all of that. You know? Yeah. I no, I, I totally felt that way where I was like, I, I could look at it and be like, oh wow, okay, like. I guess what this is is I can um I can like I can get this guy in the wall like wild like how do I get to him like oh okay so I can't jump up from here looks like there's like a hole over there I can get to like it, it really is like 
that castle is a really good moment in the game where it just kind of like reveals like, okay, here's, here's the depth of field. We're, we're going to, we're going to try and give you guys. It's it's also funny in that castle that I ended up in a place where I saw like really low level and I saw a lion with a sword tied to its tail walking around. And I was like, hope I don't run into that fucking thing. <laughs> uh, like I am, I know I'm not ready for that. And I jumped down off of a thing and ran into it and it killed me. And I was like, yeah, see, I saw that from before. And I knew, I knew that thing's I knew so I fuck hard. That. <laughs> I, had, I fought that thing so many times and just like, it absolutely itched that like, Oh, like, do you want to just like keep bashing your head against this wall for a while? Uh, bone in my body. I was like, yes, it was just funny that I saw that so early on. And I was like, I know I can't fuck with that thing. I hope I don't. And then I jumped down accidentally off a thing and I was looking at him just like, Oh, okay. See, I was, I was trying not. Hey, okay. <laughs> What's new. Then I also, I beat him and right on the other side of him was like a thing I obviously couldn't do yet. And I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That was, that was also frustrating where I was like, Oh, I beat the line. Ooh, now there's, giants oh wow like and then it was yeah. like yeah you can't do any of that like <laughs> she's gotta gotta get through this first oh man yeah so that 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 feeling of discovery in it is still keeping me going and it's funny because i have had a workload that i can't actually play it <laughs> right yeah i feel like a little kid being in school and being like just want to get home and play Zelda, man. <laughs> I don't care about science class. What's wrong yeah. with you? Yeah, I think like you know one of the and we can we could probably uh, wrap up a little because it's oh god it's quarter after uh, midnight. Um, this is the this is just straight game talk. We I did, know man. yeah we find you know what. But this, Every time I'm on here, we're just like, what is time? What is art? Let's talk about Moby Dick for 40 minutes. Like, Listen, people are going to be really dis- – Sean's going to listen to this episode gonna, and be like, where's the good stuff? Like, What are, no, you, that's, what are you two doing? Fine. I, I'm glad I'm finally free of Sean without him editing. I can say all of the stuff I always wanted to say that I can't say because he edits me out. I'm going to change my avatar to ban for truth. And be, uh, <laughs> I'm being silenced by the Irish for it now. It's but. true. Let, let Deegan wear orange. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, like I think, you know, the, 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 the thing I read about um, Elden Ring that I think is like super interesting or, you know, it was like a take that someone had about it that I thought was like really quite compelling was that it was a game that rewarded uh, taking breaks. That like, in fact, taking breaks from the game itself was a was a smart idea because it it gave you like a different view on how I don't know, like on how the game like actually kind of played, right? Like, see, I I felt that with that game, and I was uh, you know, half the time when I'm asking Andrew for uh, <laughs> for hints, I'm also like checking in like on some like Andrew is my dad with some are you winning son shit that I'm just like, yo, I just be I just be Godric. I hadn't played for two days, put it down, came back, be him first go. You know, like right. whereas the thing that that actually made me stop playing Sekiro is like I got super busy and couldn't play it for two weeks. And when I came back I was like I, I those muscles have atrophied already. I, like, yeah, I don't remember I this now. Yeah. I, I I can't play with the focus it needs at the place I'm at. And I don't even want to have the frustration of slowly going, oh, yeah, like leaving it for two weeks was like enough that I was like, yeah, I can't block this shit anymore. Well, yeah, <laughs> that like that happened to me. That happens to me all the time with games like uh, with like Neo and stuff like that, like games I, I really rather enjoy. 
but that are like, yeah, I t- listen, I don't, I don't like, I don't remember how to do this anymore. Like, I don't, I don't know how this works. Um, yeah. Like I think, yeah, I, the, I'm trying to think how to say this, like the, the way that the way that the game kind of, or the game, the, you know, the game, the way that the game kind of operates is like, you can constantly get a refresher from the world itself, like in a in yeah. a really fun and interesting way. And like, just like absolutely cool that way. Just like very fun, very cool. Uh, and, and honestly, like very, um, very respectful of your time that way too. In that like, the game isn't like, yeah, you know, like don't give up on me or else you're going to f- like, you're never going to figure this out. You're done for at that point. it's like, no, like <laughs> you can totally give up on it for a little bit. Take a break. You're going to look at it differently after that. It's like in that way, it's more like a game like um, it, like it, it recalls games like mist, right? Like where like, you know, like not that mist was as, as good. I think mist uh, mist is fine. I don't mind mist. <laughs> Hot take. Fuck mist. I like, I liked mist, but also I didn't fuck that. Shit. I think, fuck them. I think mist, fuck, fuck the two brothers who made mist. No. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> just try to, just try to make, put something spicy. That's there. very spicy. No, I think like, I think the thing about mist is like it, it was such a fascinating game that like any sort of deficiencies in it were like, instead of, instead of it being like, uh, you know, get good, it was get smart basically. <laughs> like, well, that, well, that's the thing I I've never had, I've never had puzzle mind for things like miss. So like, I remember also I was a kid, but I remember like playing it and being like, dude, I don't know what the fuck to do in this. This stuff looks cool, but I've basically seen everything I can see and I don't know what any of this shit is. Yeah. And then like, watching a friend's older brother be like, see, this is all tied to the something, something of the moon. And just being like, okay, in a million years, I would have never figured that out. <laughs> have like, you, have you explored the cameras? Like, oh, yeah. well. but like, I mean, that's just, I, I, I'm not even saying that mist is bad for that. I, I'm saying that like, it has some of the same problems, but like it is, it is interesting in the same way that like you are given a world and you're given like, a limitless set of things and instead of it being like an ubisoft thing where it's like okay better keep at it or else you're not going to finish in in time it's yeah you know what like don't feel like you have to beat this tonight because like you won't and you're going to feel better if you just like give it a chance to kind of marinate a little bit Um, yeah and the sheer the sheer amount of just just from like a technical standpoint the sheer amount of like uh bonfires sites of grace yeah touch touch grass touch grace Gives gives me like there are times when I'm like oh shit what's in here and then I open up the door to a catacomb and there's just like a bonfire and I'm like yeah that's where I stop for the night <laughs> right exactly <laughs> you know, it's like like <laughs> I'm not I'm not getting involved yet I'll come back to this you know what I mean like yeah I like honestly it's it's like it is you get you can get tempted by a boss but it is a temptation of like ooh I wonder if like I I have like enough energy to to do this a little more and not a temptation of like oh god if I don't stop here then I'm going to forget how I got here I'm going to have to do the stupid like run back like <laughs> yeah 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 the fact that there haven't been there's a kind of a slight run back well, I'm not going to ruin anything. There, at first, I thought there was going to be a a run back that was annoying, and I thought, oh, that that sucks because it seemed like they got rid of the boss run back that I kind of hated, and especially Dark Souls One. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then on the way to the run back, you can actually make it easier for yourself in a way that stays. Oh, that's cool. So. There's a major trap that's totally fucking annoying, 
and doing something turns it off. So the run back actually becomes simple and nice. <laughs> you oh, that's know what great. I mean? And you actually learn that by exploring. And the funniest thing about that, again, I'm not going to spoil anything. You hear a weird grunting and screaming over and over again in one place. <laughs> and if you think enough, like, what the fuck is that sound? It leads you naturally to that, which turns off something that is totally fucking annoying. You know, like that's so cool. And that's just really good design. Yeah. It's just the fact that because you're walking around and you just keep hearing something, you're like, I, I don't know what that is. That sounds familiar. You know what I mean? So it's like <laughs> I mean, no, and it's exactly right. Like those those kind of rewards, that kind of like consistent you know, giving the player something for actually going ahead and like spending time with the game instead of like bucking up against it and trying to be like a pro and you know whatever that's like that's that really speaks to the, the spirit of the series and i think you know ultimately my take is the spirit of the series um shines through in this one so i i i uh so you heard it listeners hot takes yeah was, elden ring elden ring is good yeah elden ring is good <laughs> why not try to play elden ring uh, <laughs> Dude, this is going to be the most controversial episode of this. We shit are ever. we're can't, this is this is going to get us banned from Twitter. Uh, we're going to have life. to write for the compact now. Uh, oh Christ! Well, I hope you're ready to yeah. do comics for the compact. Uh, hour hour two, you're going to get me started on that. I I was off of Twitter for uh for long enough, and then I came back to see that and just be like. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, I just remember the week of discourse where they're like, Barry Weiss is opening a free speech universe. And it's like, no, she's not. She's not. She, you don't all have to write about it. It's literally, it's not a thing. It's not happening. She's not going to do you're it. Like, yeah, don't, don't, would, don't worry too much about it. Would you send your child in this time of self-censorship, censorship, and cancellation to a free thinking unit? It's like, yeah, that's not real. None of this is real. You're basically... Playing fucking Dungeons and Dragons, except you're all millionaires. Like, right, stop right. It. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird. It's weird that we just kind of like accepted that uh, that, that was real for a second. Um, I did not. The funniest thing was someone who was an actual journalist was like, yeah, I looked at the place. They don't own any land or anything. It's like there's like a PO box. Like this is there's this isn't actually this is a stunt. This is nothing. And I was like, okay, cool, thank you. It was so funny. Like they kept getting people, and then the people were like, well, uh, thank you, thank you, Barry, for the uh, for the opportunity. Uh, I I no longer wish to do it. <laughs> yeah. it's like okay, well, at least that was fun. Um, so anyway, I'm opening a free speech university because oh, I was I was silenced for truth on multiple podcasts, such as this one, uh, this one. I keep, for saying, I keep. Yeah, I keep. I was the white man who dared to say that Elden Ring is good. The last person being held. No, no white but, uh, men have said that Elden Ring is good. It's true. Um, no, I just love that. Since I was a child, it was like everybody can always get up and be like, seems like the person being discriminated against is the white man now it's <laughs> you know, so like, funny you're like by the way no <laughs> first of all no <laughs> but it's just like i've been like entering decade four of my life of people saying that. people it's love like, to say that the white man yeah. is being discriminated against it's like absolutely it's, their favorite thing in the world i i want a full fucking yeah i just love that sort of like what if up was down thing and that's really the truth kind of thing that because you believe everybody (laughs) no i just love how simple it is and it could be anyone from like saying a slur and then when people like shut the fuck up they're like 
see who's really in power, see who I can't criticize. You're like, no, that's not the dynamic. Here. <laughs> you know I mean? Wow. Like, looks like, looks like I found what comedy one cannot say. <laughs> yeah. Or just like, or even the more benign, stupid, but pernicious thing of like Malcolm Gladwell kind of like, well, what if up is actually down? You're like, it's not. Yeah. Don't worry, dude. <laughs> don't worry like, <laughs> we solved this one. It's not down. Like, you don't have to worry about you're it. You're good. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's what I'm doing in my free speech university. So follow me there. I'm excited on, about your uh, free speech university. Um, I think everyone should be uh, be signing up uh, at <laughs> – this is uh, the Free Speech University is at. Um, it's it's just a mailbox in the middle of a field in Nebraska. Yeah, Nebraska State University. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. Are we winding down? Because I yeah, can plug yeah, yeah. stuff. Yeah, plug stuff. We're winding down because I can't. I'm not. I'm not going to have any big ideas anymore because my brain stopped working. Yeah, it's. Dude, I I boxed today. Oh, did so you? I'm super tired. Did your, my arms did are you tired. Hurt your, you didn't hurt your brain, did you? No, no, no. I was I was punching pads that a man was holding. I wasn't getting punched in the head. I mean, <laughs> I'm not at that level if yet. If you want to hurt your brain, it's okay. Like we we support you. Uh, but it's funny because like when I was much younger, when I lived in Japan, my friend Kay was like, "I think you'd like boxing. You should check it out. I'll teach you how to box." And the way he taught me was like. He just kept slapping me in the side of the head and being like, put your hands up. And I'd be like, okay. And he'd be like, okay, move like this. And the second I put my hands down, he'd slap me in the side of the head. And I was like, <laughs> shouldn't I have put like, your hands up. <laughs> that, that's, literally, that's literally what he was trying to drill into me. And I was like, this doesn't feel like boxing to me. This feels like you just slapping me around, man. <laughs> it kind of sucks, man. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm, that's just to say that I'm fucking fading out. But okay, plugs, new podcast, me, Sean McTiernan. No topic. We don't introduce ourselves. It's edited. <laughs> and then it ends. And it's usually like a two-hour conversation cut down into 45 minutes. And It is funny uh, how often you, you, you remind me that it's edited. Um, it feels like it feels like you're sort of worried about like people thinking. Oh no, I'm saying I'm saying the opposite. That it's funny because like the editing removes context from it. So I've had people who are not used to podcasts be like, "Oh, you have a podcast? I'm gonna listen to it." And they're like, first of all, they don't know what we're talking about because we're talking about like Glenn Danzig and shit, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they're not interested. But also the fact that they're like, I don't really understand where that conversation was going and why it stopped. And it was like, because it was edited. (laughs) It's cool to talk about Glenn. Everyone, please uh, understand. uh, We know that it's cool to talk about Glenn Danzig. Oh, I was definitely, I think it's cool. I was talking about Glenn, but I'm just saying like, I. No, I just, I just wanted, I wanted people to know that it's always a safe space to talk about Glenn. Older, older family members wanted to hear. We're like, oh, you have a podcast because they followed me on Instagram and I announced it. It was just like, they were just like, yeah, it's not for you. Like trust, like you will not like it or know what's going on. I don't think any of my family members have listened to my podcast, which is uh, great. Um, That's good. Yeah. That's pretty good. Kristen, I, Kristen I, like is steadfastly not interested in it. And I remember mentioning that to someone and they were like, Oh, that's a shame. And I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's fine. Like, <laughs> but she read your book though, right? Uh, no, really? I mean, she read parts of it. Huh? Parts. That's fine. I don't mind. Yeah. I'm not criticizing your marriage. I'm just <laughs> surprised. Stop criticizing my marriage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sick of you criticizing my marriage all the time. Is she ever going to be on the podcast? Uh, no, no, she does not should, want to be on should, the podcast. Yeah, that's, that's 100% good. That's good. does not want to be on the podcast. Yeah, no, I think 
like she read enough to to like sort of like she she opened you know, basically she read enough to know that like it was interesting and she like had some things to talk about. She was like, this is really cool. Like, I, I like it a lot, Um, but she doesn't like video games. So it's like, oh, well, then perfect. I feel, yeah, yeah, I feel but, like I feel like when people kind of understand where they're at. Yeah. Right. Like, no, that's 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 dead on. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think. I but think, also, yeah. like, I feel like your book is probably super approachable to people who are not steeped in the culture but if they don't like video games at all I, who knows yeah like, like I've, I've, yeah. I've said the same thing but it's also like you know if 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 someone is like i i just can't get into this like i think what's cool is i can say like that's fine <laughs> man not worry about it as opposed to you know inevitably what happens with like any other popular thing where you're just like well how dare you like whoa. well that's funny because i'm of several minds and depending on how i'm doing <laughs> with my self-confidence there are just times when people are like yeah i don't get your work and i'm just like yeah sure it's not for everybody i get it and there are other times people are like i just don't get this and i'm like you know what you didn't try hard enough fuck you no i <laughs> i don't I, say, I that, agree with, I don't I agree say with, that out loud that's just that's just playing in my mind i agree with know, angry like, vegan <laughs> Well, I, I I have both at the same time because I'm I'm a man, complicated person. So no one understands have, you, but your but your woman. Oh, hey, John. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but yeah, I got a podcast called Self Pity with uh, Sean McTiernan from a million other podcasts, Live at the De- Death Factory. That's all units. I got uh, what? What have I done artistically recently that's available to people? I just made a T-shirt for the Canadian band Tough Age that looks pretty cool. That's cool. Go go buy their T-shirt and listen to their music. I have a comic from 2020 called The March from Our Library, which is already fucking two years ago, which makes me feel insane because time doesn't make sense anymore. I have a comic from 2018 called Soft X-Ray Mind Hunters that's really good. It's 400 pages long. Um, They're both really good. It. I will vouch for both. And you can follow me on Twitter. Which, if you're listening to this, you probably have seen a tweet from Trevor. So, if you were, if you were listening to this, it. Alex has quit Twitter. Um. Oh God, I might very well. I mean, I don't know. I've been you keep saying that. Shit you know? I, I legit like was not really reading Twitter for two, three weeks because uh, I just all of. All of my friends, <laughs> not all of my friends, a lot of people I care about were just tweeting like five times an hour, just like, we're all going to fucking die. And you know what? We fucking deserve it, idiot. And just being like, we're all grieving. We're all grieving this hell reality we're in. <laughs> and sure, we all have we all have our different outlets. But like, I can't put that in my mind next to like David from being like, hey, guys, remember me and being like, hmm. Yeah, I, I do remember you. <laughs> I, I can remember you, and I don't want to get visited by the FBI. I mean, like, what yeah, I it, it, it really is one of those things where <laughs> ultimately the most embarrassing thing is, uh, and and I mean, there have been books written about this, so uh, trust me when I say it's true. Uh, is is watching someone else grieve? So you know. yeah, you know, it would be nice if we had some solidarity, but I think what the social media is made for is for us to just fucking grind on each other. Oh yeah. Just like make, <laughs> make each other feel terrible. That's like, that's where it's at. Like, uh, so that's why you should follow me on Twitter. Cause I'm posi I'm just doing those cool Instagram comics where it's like a frog drinking a milkshake and a frog and a duck. And they're like, I love hugging. And then you see it and there's 10,000 notes and the person 
you know, you're jealous of them, but then you're like, no, they're making these Instagram comics, so you're not jealous of them. Maybe there's a personal thing. Huh. My 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 Twitter. I like feed this. Is not I like this character like you came up with. <laughs> that's that's like ten characters, and at first I'm like, that motherfucker is getting so many likes on Instagram. You're like, but then again, they're getting likes on Instagram. So <laughs> who knows? I like I I do like I do like how miserable and like it, it's funny because of course like I should I should like this based on what I just said that it's embarrassing to watch people grieve. It's very funny how miserable Posicore stuff is too. Like I just yeah, it's like it's God, very this weird. Sucks. <laughs> it's it's funny because it's mm, I don't know. I was thinking about like somebody was like, "Holy shit!" It's the it's the it's the ten year anniversary of Coney twenty twelve. Ha ha ha! And I was like, "Yeah, Coney twenty twelve felt weird and fake while it was happening." Yeah, but at least there was some kind of however misguided idea of like, well, there might be like post activism where you can post and it's activism. And to be from a place now of being like, nah, man, I just posted through a whole lot of shit, and shit is still really bad. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and instead, of, instead of instead of anyone being like, so we should stop posting and move our political psychic energy <laughs> elsewhere, people are just no, like, just got, nope, I'm just going to attack anybody who cares about shit. I don't care. We got to post like, harder. Yeah. Like the the, the yeah. reason Coney didn't work out was because we didn't post hard enough. <laughs> Or we have to hone our posting to really strong knives by which to gut people. Right, you know? right, it's right. Like, exactly. Yeah. So um, it is. I mean, it's it's hell out there. It's not. It's not good. I honestly like. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not one to to recommend uh, things that selfishly benefit me. But uh, you should probably just listen to podcasts and stuff for a little while. Just you know, get off. Yeah, get you off should and, listen. Get off the internet. You- you should listen to my old appearances on this podcast where I didn't talk about video games. Yeah, if you like this episode about video games. Uh, <laughs> You'll or, love the ones where me and Trevor talk about Moby Dick. Or if you were like, where is the Moby Dick talk? Um, you can go check out the other ones, which have, uh, which I'm sure we I titled something funny like Dick Talk because uh, yeah. I'm very clever. Uh, Actually, yeah, no, nothing. Do you have I a Moby was, Dick thought? But, no, I was just gonna like big up myself, which is ridiculous. But I was really happy with the very first one I did with you, where I didn't really even know you. Yeah, no, that one was, was great. T- I was I was telling you the story about like the translation cult, where the people were trying to remake the English language. I loved that. Yeah, Final Fantasy. I would go. So yeah, I'd recommend that one. Yeah, go check that one out. That's really good. Um, I think. Uh, yeah, I think that one's excellent. Um, and yeah, you won't be you won't be disappointed if you if you check that one out. God, how long um, ago when that was, was. Like maybe i'll look it five, up five six years it ago. was a while yeah, yeah. um yeah um deacon thank you for coming on thank you for being here thank you for having Always. me and thanks everybody for listening to me talking about video games <laughs> and now you're two hours closer to the end of your day you're welcome <laughs> good night peace Hey, thanks for listening to No Cartridge. If you'd like to support us further, please consider going to patreon.com slash no cartridge or for a one-time donation, paypal.me slash Hegelbon, H-E-G-E-L-B-O-N. It's really, really helpful for all of us to be able to support uh, the many people who make the show, uh, you know, myself included, but also our producers and various co-hosts um, and, and writers and artists. Thank you so much for listening. Please remember to like, subscribe, share, any of those things that would let other people get the quality video game analysis that you've grown accustomed to.